This is Sucio Talk, episode five. Sucio Talk, episode five, baby. Here we are, four down the down the tubes. You know what I'm saying? Four super inspirational stories. Uh, started my journey off with Tyler Vorse, uh, then hit up my boy Charlie Apple. Uh, talked to my my buddy Maddie Cammer up at the the Harbor House Inn up in El California. And then uh, this last one with Jason McKinney from Truffle Shuffle. All right. Uh, this episode here is with Mia Khalifa and Robert Sandberg. All right. Lovely couple uh, down in L.A. Um, you know, Mia Khalifa needs no introduction. You all know who she is. Super cool person. Uh, the conversation's pretty interesting. Uh, not a chef, uh, which is new here to Sucio Talk, but... Uh, interesting nonetheless. Uh, then I started talking to her husband, Robert Sandberg, who uh, grew up in Sweden, was a young chef out there, uh, worked at great restaurants, moved over to Noba for a couple years. Um, then he ended up working at uh, Franson, and he was part of the team when they got their three stars. Uh, they talk about how they got together um, and sort of what the plans are for the future. All right, so super exciting. But before that, I must tell you, I have a word for my sponsors, all right? Truffle Shuffle SF, baby. And the bottom line is, you're invited. Yes, I said it. You are invited. Truffle Shuffle and the Speakeasy present a virtual New Year's Eve bash with canapes and cocktails, baby. This is taking place on December 31st, 2020, the last day of this stinking year, all right? Starts either at... 10 p.m. Cali time or 7 p.m. New York time. We'll make it simple out there, all right? So slip into your finest duds and strap on your dancing shoes. This is going to be one party you do not want to miss. The Speakeasy will be live streaming from a secret underground Prohibition-style nightclub. Now, for five years, the Speakeasy has been hosting San Francisco's most dazzling New Year's Eve parties. This year, the Speakeasy is partying with Truffle Shuffle to bring you incredible interactive new year's eve celebration completely virtual all right so this package includes a little bit of food all right a little bit of canapé caviar cheese and charcuterie sarah and jason from truffle shuffle lead you through creating the perfect arrangement of canapés caviar cheese and charcuterie relish and libations hors d'oeuvres galore all right we will be sending you a new year's eve celebration box filled with two portions of Personal balloon drop kit with hand streamers and noisemakers. Framani charcuterie with Kendall Farms creme fraiche and chives. Humboldt Fog goat cheese with brown butter truffle honey. And rustic bakery crackers with Wild King smoked salmon, baby. Sounds delicious. Part two of this extravaganza will be 1920s club-style interactive breakout rooms, baby. Pop in and out of different rooms for an immersive and interactive nightclub experience. Learn to dance the Charleston, have your tarot reading, pick a card, any card, or ask the mob boss for a favor because his daughter might be getting married. You know what I'm saying? It'll be the cat's whiskers, as Jason put it to me. Explore the following rooms there. There's Gangster Business with Sal Stefano, Flapper Chat with Dorothy, Drag Advice with Emma Peel, Fortunes and Intentions with Lois Lipstick, Magic and Mentalism with Kevin Blake, Dance Hall and Music with Parlor Tricks. Then we got a vaudeville show coming at you. That's right. Grab a booth, 
sit on down at the Cabaret Show and enjoy a snappy vaudeville show hosted by our rock and roll MC, Eddie. Now, he'll be joined by tap dancers and other specialty acts. This fun-filled show will surely put smiles on faces. Then Heather Thiel and the Aces will ring in the New Year's with music you can cut a rug to. So grab your sweetheart and smudge in close as you dance the night away. There's no other way to put this, folks. Slip into your finest duds. Put away your technical doodads. Put that phone down. Put that phone down and completely surround yourself in the lives and culture of the roaring 1920s. Interact with floppers, floozies, gangsters, and bootleggers during a choose-your-own-adventure, immersive theatrical experience, and full of extravagance and spectacle. This is the SF.com, or you can visit TruffleshuffleSF.com. Get your tickets now. Spend the New Year's with us as we eat, drink, sing, and dance, and bring in the New Year's with a bang, baby. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead, check that out. Should be a pretty cool uh, virtual experience. I know that this year we uh, can't travel as much as we'd like or go to Times Square and just be smushed in a million people. Uh, but this is a good way for us to be able to step outside of that and kind of uh, enjoy the New Year's uh, with the wonderful team at Truffle Shuffle and the Speakeasy San Francisco. All right. Now, before we get into episode five, I will say episode six is amazing. Uh, I recorded it with uh, Brittany Cassidy from Birdie G's. Uh, she just left there. She was the CDC, um, opening CDC of that restaurant, as well as the CDC at Rustic Canyon under Chef Jeremy Fox. Uh, so a lot of history there. Um, she also talks about her beginnings as a dancer. Uh, so pretty cool story for you guys to listen to. That's episode six. Uh, so that will be dropping the Monday following this one. All right. Be sure to uh, keep up with me on Instagram. That's uh, David underscore Sucio. Uh, you can keep up with the podcast at Sucio Talk. Uh, Facebook page, Sucio underscore Talk on Facebook. You can also follow me on Facebook. That's David Guillotti, G-U-I-L-L-O-T-Y. All right. Uh, this podcast is available on Spreaker. It's available on Google Podcast. Uh, but my favorite is Spotify. Um uh, they're doing a good job for me over there, so I really appreciate it. And uh, please enjoy this episode. I'll catch you on the flip side. And for those of you who have any comments, questions, or concern, you can email me at sociotalk at gmail.com. Um, willing to, to entertain any kind of uh, proper conversation. Uh, and uh, last time I put a line out, but nobody bit. But here I go again, all right? I want to hear crazy ass kitchen work stories from you all right so go ahead fill that inbox sociotalk at gmail.com no underscore all right that's one word sociotalk hit me up and uh your story might make it on in the show you know what i'm saying this is uh intro signing off into episode five mia khalifa and robert sandberg please enjoy wait that's not a mac no that's a chromebook samsung I don't. I don't like Mac because. Uh, by the way, I started recording because this okay. conversation is cool. So uh, I started. I started. Uh, I don't like Macs or Windows, right? Because they come with all this shit on it, and then you can't ever get anything. It comes slow, and then once you uninstall those programs, it doesn't work correct, right? So with the Chromebook, it comes out like it's like a, a having a phone, no apps, no nothing. 
everything is on the internet. Like every time you open like my uh, my mail, it's in a in the browser. What? You know what I mean? So anytime I start a file, it's in the browser. So the downside is is that you kind of need the internet to run the programs. But that's the, most programs, at, though. At the end of the day, you know, I have my phone, so that's my that's my Wi-Fi, and you can go anywhere. Doesn't matter. Wow. You know? no Use code Susio for twenty percent off your next Chromebook. That's right. <laughs> Boom. That's let's start the advertising right here. By the way, that's Mia Khalifa. Uh, hello. hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me. I'm here in her nice, our humble abode in LA, and uh, drove down today. It was a beautiful drive. I'm so jealous that you took that drive. Ocean. Um, but I made the mistake of drinking too much water, so I had a lot of uh, a lot of breaks. Um, you're so lucky out, you're a guy, though. All by the ocean. Oh my god! Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah. So how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Surviving. What have you been up to? I have been up to anything I can do for my couch. I love working from home, and I never want to go back to anything else. So I've been really just doing anything I can <laughs> from cool. home. Very cool. So I see, you know, I see your Instagram, you're, you're working out, you got the dogs, you're chilling, you're, you're eating as much food, cooking as much food as possible, or I guess having Robert cook it for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you think he wants to come home and cook? <laughs> he comes home and eats yogurt if it's up to him. I hear you. I'm the same way. I, um, I'm on a coffee diet. I just drink coffee, put a little bit of butter in it, and that's Oh my like, god, all of you are anemic and <laughs> need more fiber and potassium no, in your system. When you're going to war, you got to go to war like <laughs> Napoleon. Empty stomach. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's no other way to go cook, you know? Oh my um, god. I, I know, you had the finger tattoos. Did you get those here in LA? I actually got this one in Napa at oh, a really shitty... Glass? Yeah, at a really shitty tattoo shop, <laughs> and it faded what? away within like a week. What was it called? It was the place next to Oxbow Market. It's like on the street leaving. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, no offense to whoever it. you are. I wish I knew it. But, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And then the fork and, fork and knife? The fork and knife and the steak. Sick. Yeah. Those are here? Um, these two were actually in Copenhagen. Very cool. With Robert. Okay. Oh. Is that Was that your artist, Robert? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, awesome. My, yeah. One of my friends. Because I think that's one of your most distinguishing kind of things it's like oh the, the chef with the blacked out arm. <laughs> oh yeah I know both exactly. arms <laughs> oh yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> how long did that take oh man uh, I think maybe 24 hours each ish on both arms because I've done it one arm I did three times this one is complete this one I've done two times but I have to do it one more time okay Yeah. do you do it anymore after that or do, do they not advise it no I don't want to do I just want to keep it black like I mean, some people say, "Oh, you should put some like white shading in there." Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I don't want to do that. It's yeah, just you should scar it. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, I can't. What's underneath is way worse. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. it wasn't that bad. What is it? Tribal tattoos. No. Oh. <laughs> well, it's okay because I mean, it was no tribe. You're you're an OG white man. Okay? <laughs> He's you're a Viking. From, you're from the other side. You know what I mean? You invented this shit. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> If anybody here named Chad from Connecticut gets it, he can't get oh it. Oh my god. But you're, you're fine. You're fine. Um, <laughs> Throwing me under the bus here. <laughs> <laughs> lies and shit. Love that. So, um, how did you guys meet? On Instagram. Oh my god. We met on Instagram. I was following the Michelin Guide. And okay. The, and the Michelin Guide posted about Franson winning three stars. Yeah. And they were celebrating. And I was like, oh, this looks so cute. It made me cry. So I went to the page. <laughs> 
It did. I love seeing people happy and yeah, like awesome. they were so excited. And now looking back, it was it was Marcus in the video. It was Marcus with uh, Bjorn in the video, I think. Uh-huh. Um, so I went to Franson's page. Um, and I gave it a follow because it looked delicious. And then I saw a few rows down, something else looked very delicious. And it was a goodbye photo of Robert. Oh, shit. So I then went to his page and followed him. So you DM'd him. No, I just followed him and liked some photos. And, then and he was like, whoa. That, that's how you shoot your shot as a girl. That's how you let people know. You go, you go back four months and you hit the like. And then you're like, oh, exactly. this person did some research. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It was so funny after we actually got together and like started talking, I had to pretend, I had to like act surprised and pretend like I didn't know about all these stories that he was telling me about, like winning an award and like traveling to this place. I like, I've already seen it on your Instagram from when I stalked you (laughs) 258 weeks back. You're like, I already knew you were my husband before we had this date. You're like, what? Exactly. That's awesome. So then from there, like, where did you guys go? Did you guys date for a little bit? Because he, you know, he was living over there. Did yeah. Did he move here? Or what's, what's... So we, all we did was FaceTime for like six months. And then I decided to fly to Copenhagen to meet him. And after that trip, um, we decided, well, he, then he told me he was planning on opening a restaurant in LA. Yeah. I was like, oh, this works out great. So it wouldn't be stupid to, you know, continue doing long distance for a little while. Exactly. So we did that for three, four months and then he moved to Austin. Oh, wow. Okay. What? What were you doing in Austin? No, I, I mean... Waiting for his yeah, well, waiting. visa. She was living there and I I went on a travel, or like a tourist visa first because my real visa was about to get ready. Uh, so yeah, I was just spending time with her. In, Very cool. Yeah, while I was waiting. And I think also spending time in, in America would was, was just go be faster for me to get the yeah. visa done and easier to, to go to government or whatever it was. You know, I, I love... Um the communication age that we're in because you can do that kind of thing. You can yeah. FaceTime with somebody from another country, fall in love, you know, before you, you move in yeah. with each other or whatever, take the next step. So, you know, you guys kind of had a good idea that this is the person I want to be with before mm. you came out here. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to know each other on the phone, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really questioned it for a bit, though, when he wouldn't let me apply for us to be on 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> What is that? Is this the right person for me? What? Ninety Day. I don't know. You don't know what Ninety Day Fiance is about? Oh my god! It is the greatest show of all time. (laughs) So it's a reality show. It is. It's a reality show about. And there's so many different iterations of Ninety Day Fiance. There's Ninety Day Fiance before the ninety days, after the ninety days, Ninety Day Fiance the other way. But the premise is there is a one person in the relationship from America and another from outside America, and um. They are trying to come and move to America on the K-1 visa, the fiancé visa. Um, And for that, you have to get married within 90 days of application. So a lot of these couples are wholesome and earnest and incredible and beautiful. And then the other half are in it for the visa. (laughs) And it's very obvious sometimes. Is that the show where that, that man became famous? He became, he had the no neck? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, okay. that one. <laughs> I like the view. The man became famous because of that show. Good for him. There's also another man who was even more famous than him, and his name is Colty. Colty. Colty and That's Larissa. Right. What was wrong with them? Oh God, his mother. Number one, his mother is really what's wrong with him. Oh, uh, number two, he won't stop putting his dick on the internet. Oh. Yeah. At least he. At least. At least now he puts it on OnlyFans and not in people's DMs. So he was sending DMs of his dick. Yeah, and then he was getting caught, and his 
fiance found out about it, his then wife. I gotta say, I'm invested in this show. There's many, (laughs) there's many ways to take a dick pic. Okay, for all you gentlemen out there, if you're gonna send a dick pic to a lady, that shit better be glistening. Okay, clean. (laughs) And you know what I mean? Like I've seen, I've seen. I remember. So we don't want to see your stained carpet. That's what I mean. Like you gotta find a nice place, a background. <laughs> How about this? Look at Rustic Canyon's Instagram. The way they take the pictures. Of the food, we need the a floor. flat lay we of the deck. <laughs> right? You gotta, you gotta lay it down and take a good picture of it like that. You know what I mean? So you know, that's, that's, that's what we do around here. So, Don't be shy. Go to Joanne Fabrics. Get some <laughs> silk. Get some lace. Make a hobby out of this. You know what I mean? Give us a backdrop. No, OnlyFans. That's really interesting. Yes. I know nothing about it, but what what is it? So it is just a platform for creators to be on. Um, I just joined that site a few months ago and it's been incredible. It has completely changed my life and I was able to send $100,000 to the Lebanese Red Cross oh my goodness. because of OnlyFans and only because of OnlyFans. So I'm very thankful to that community and very thankful for the platform and I just love what they're about. You are fully in control of your content. They own no rights to it. You can shut it down at any time you want. You can set whatever prices you want. And there's really no parameters other than, you know, terms of service and things you have to abide by on there. But I just love the empowerment that is on that site. And not just from the females, from the males too. Like I came across this TikTok of this guy who does tile work. Like Uh he actually lays tile and like, kitchen backsplashes and showers and everything and he i don't know i was just like mesmerized by this tile he was laying on tiktok and then i went to his page and i saw that he has an only fan so i was like oh my god this is so weird this tile guy is probably putting his dick on the internet and i go to his only fans and he's charging 14.99 a month to actually give people long-form tutorials on how to do this <laughs> tile and grout work so i subscribed <laughs> So you're telling me that you could like I could go on there say you could sell this podcast on there. You could charge people a monthly subscription and put this podcast on there. What? Yes. But couldn't they listen for free on Spotify? Yeah, you could also listen for free on Spotify. Uh, use code Susio for twenty percent off your Spotify Spotify subscription. That's right. That would make that Spotify subscription only forty four dollars a month. Is it that expensive? No, but it better. It damn well better be. You know because I don't use Spotify. Is, you should. It's a great service. It is. No, it is the ways of music platforms. Absolutely not. No, no, no. If if there was a a platform that, you know, if they charge $50 a month, I would pay $50 a month. Then join Tidal. Incredible. What is is so good about Tidal? The music quality. They're the only ones who can output at that certain music quality. They buy their music in like the highest form and output it that way. Oh, okay. And Prince. I always wonder, like, what was so good about Tidal? But yeah. does Tidal have the same library that Spotify does? They have a very large library, but they have things that Spotify doesn't because Jay-Z and Beyonce have licensed their music, a lot of their music only to um, Tidal and a lot of other artists on Rock Nation. It's kind of like something they squeeze into their contracts, I started to realize. I mean, that's the king and queen right there. They can pretty much do whatever they want. I, and I will pay for anything they tell me to pay for. Shout out to Jay-Z and Beyonce. I love oh. them. Mrs. Carter. <laughs> That's a beautiful couple. It is. You know? It and is. even after all the But if you take out Beyonce, it is no longer an interesting whatsoever. That's very true. Who do you think he would date if he left Beyonce? Becky with the good hair. Really? Yeah. Whoever that was. Some basic is. ass bitch that wouldn't be able to hold a candle to Beyonce. Because you can't compete with Beyonce after. No, you can't. You'd have to you'd really you have to downgrade big time to the yeah. point where people 
don't even care. That's like the, um, fuck, there's a comedian that has a bit about dating Michael Phelps' ex-girlfriend. And then he's like, how am I supposed to ever... Oh my god! It's like, how am I ever supposed to do anything to that after Michael Phelps? That's know? a great joke. If Michael Phelps wasn't wildly religious and married the first girl he knocked up or had sex with. That is true. That is true. Um, wow, I thought that story was true the whole time. Thank you. Mike, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I wanted to believe that this man was telling the truth. I guess I was duped. I'm so... Man. They're like see? notorious high school sweethearts. Yeah, that's why I cook food. Because uh, I don't know anything about that. I only know about that because he's from Maryland. And it was like our shining state glory that Michael Phelps came from Maryland. Okay. Okay. So, born in Maryland? No, born in Lebanon. Born in Lebanon. Grew up in Maryland. Okay. How old were you when you moved to Maryland? I was eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah. Wow. So, you had gone to school at least somewhat in Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. What do you you remember about school in Lebanon? I remember I went to a Catholic school, uh, school uniform. Um, it was blue. No, just no. Oh my god! <laughs> it was like honestly, it looked like an apron with like a short sleeve button down yeah, underneath. It's like a bed sheet. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was not cute, but I was also like five, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, I remember beautiful weather, beautiful f- people, incredible food. Um. Everywhere smelled like food, like fresh pita. Um, yeah, I don't remember too much. I think I, I think a lot happened after I moved to America yeah. that like I started to really forget. I, I started to forget about Lebanon. To now, like certain smells will remind me kind more of, of it than me. Bit. Yeah, than yeah. me like thinking back to memories that I can picture. Okay. And then when you came here, how was that transition? Like going to an American school? Did you have a tutor? Did you have a translator? Like I was just know? an ESOL class. Okay. I was gotcha. an ESOL and um, I was an ESOL for an entirety of two weeks before 9-11 happened. <laughs> wow. And you I know, was an ESOL speaking Arabic. <laughs> I saw I saw your... Um, so you were there with all the Spanish kids. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right? And they're probably like, who the fuck is this? I didn't even fit in with the ESOL yeah, no, kids. Exactly. They're like, oh, so low. we don't trust her. Exactly. <laughs> and then 9-11 happens and they're all like terrorists, terrorists, terrorists. Literally. Yeah, they were doing that shit at my school too, man. We had these uh, these twins that were both Arabic and they both had beards and the whole... What? And, Wait, how old are you? Uh, I'm 30. Oh, what, you're only three years older than me. How did they have beards at 12? In high school. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like... I'm sorry. They, so this continued from yes. 2001 to fucking, you know, till we left school. So it's okay. She can have um, But uh, I remember because you posted something about the other day about uh, them rolling, literally rolling in the TVs and putting on the news and having us watch that all damn day yep. until our parents picked us up. Yep. Because, you know, my, my parents worked, so I got picked up last at 3.30 or 4. and By then, both towers were gone. Exactly. And you just watched it over and over. Yeah. And then for that whole next week, it was you watched it over and over and over. And that's a, you know, that's a phenomenon that I don't know if, if that's just like the news media that makes that happen for us. But over and over and over again. And now I grew up in a Spanish household, so that means you watch the news from... 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. until the novelas came on. You know what I mean? So it'd be like you, like you're watching the same news block the same hour over yeah, and over. Again. I do it all day long too. Yeah, it's it's wild. But it's like, do you ever feel like a prisoner of news? Yes, absolutely. Because when I'm not watching the news, I'm wondering what I'm missing out on. Like what? Not what I'm missing out on, but 
I don't want to fall behind on anything that is terrifying or breaking or world changing. Yeah. Because it, it, you just never know when it's coming these days. Exactly. So I can't turn it off. I can't look away. And I also can't stop flipping from channel to channel. I like hop all day long between Fox News, CNN, BBC, and Al Jazeera. Oh, and you watch Fox News? I can't do course, it. Of course. Of course. No, no, no. You need to hear what they are saying. Yeah, it will I know. Mi- I, I, it will boil your I brain. I flipped it on the other day and I was like, the punches anymore. No, this is just en- like... It's an entertainment network. Yeah. It's just like, we believe this and this is what we believe. Yeah. Yeah. The news is, is just a, another show. But then you turn on CNN and you realize... Holy shit, as as much as I agree with this side slightly more, definitely a lot more, I still cannot help but see the absolute subliminal messaging that they are just trying to rail into people. It is, it's pretty horrendous on both sides. And then you go to the BBC and it's slightly still biased. And then you go to Al Jazeera, which is um, probably the most reliable and unbiased one out of all of them, but... I'm telling you, you got to watch Fox News more. You, you, you really have to know what like what the enemy is saying. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> I get my news from Deezus and Mero <laughs> uh, on, on Viceland and Showtime. That's where I get it from. You ever seen that show? Oh yes, of course. It's amazing. It's amazing. Shout out to Deezus and Mero. Like they they were a big inspiration to me doing this podcast. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm like, because you know, me and my boy are growing up. We were like, we wanted the show that they have, and I'm like, they did it. You know, and I'm like. Anybody could do anything. Yeah. You know, the, the possibilities are endless. The American dream. That's true. So, um, you know, you're living in Maryland. This dog. Did you? She, my dog is obsessed with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the dog whisperer. Yeah. De Sucio Milan. <laughs> you know, just take care of. So, Maryland. Maryland. So, um, you know, what was life like there? Was I love Maryland. It was really cool growing up in a city that was so, um, well, I was just really close to D.C. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome growing up in a very um, history-rich city uh, with a lot of emphasis on public um, outlets for like th- like things to do. We were we were constantly going to field trips uh, on field trips to museums. We were yeah. constantly going to the zoo, constantly um, getting to see things that I feel like other kids who lived in different states didn't get to do, like the. Um, Parade at Arlington Cemetery and um, just little things like that that made me very interested in history and um, I think I think feeling like I'm a part of something bigger like that is very um, that that makes me feel comforted and finding that and then also finding uh, sports in DC shaped me shaped me into who I am today so I'm very thankful for that city awesome. And uh, do you ever go back? Do you have friends? Do you, do you know, go back I go visit? back as often as I can. Yeah. And it's really fun to go back as someone who left. Like, I, I left before I could drive in D.C. So oh, wow. I never got okay. to really experience the city outside of, like, being a student and going to things in, like, groups like that. So I every time I go back, I'm a fucking tourist. Yeah. I'm going to the monuments. I'm staying as close as I can to whatever building or museum I want to go to. I'm doing all of the touristy things and going to my favorite restaurants and just... Making my rounds in the city that I wish I got to like experience as an adult, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the Chinatown is amazing there. Oh my god, I know it's like it's, one of the, it's one incredible, of the best. and it's so easily accessible. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that and, it's right uh, where the Verizon Center is, or whatever the fuck they call it now. They change the name every two years. Yeah, I went to a bar there one time. It had so many TVs. 
the tables had TVs. Oh, it's probably the green turtle. <laughs> I was like, this is nuts. I was like, there's like 500 TVs in here. We like to watch sports. In the bathroom, there's TVs. Yes, like the, that's the best. In the stalls. That's what I'm trying to convince Robert on. TV. I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, can we have one second where we don't have TV? No, we either need the news or sports constantly. <laughs> Fuck, maybe that's why I am the way I am. Like, I can't work or do anything without at if, least... like, chatters going on in the background yeah. about what's going on. I... Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> yeah, shout out to um, Gilbert Arenas for kind of holding my hand through my first uh, venture into the sports world. Um, dude, doing Out of Bounds with him was so cool. It was it was literally a dream come true. Out of Bounds is a panel it, show? Yeah, it was the panel show that we were on, and... Just getting to meet him was the coolest thing ever. Like, I came in for a screen test, and um, I left, and I was like, if I don't get this, I'm fine with that. I got yeah. a picture with Gilbert Arenas. Like, that's <laughs> Agent Zero. I'm good. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, this panel show, how'd you get it? How, how cold you email. It? Cold email in my inbox. Really? Yeah. So thankful I actually checked my inbox, albeit a month later. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely one of those, like, pinch me moments. Yeah. Um, because I had been writing for this small website called Fansided for a while. Uh Um, I was doing a Mia's Pick 6 and talking about my six most memorable moments from that week in sports and, um, very like obscure random things, not like actually, you know, sitting down and like giving hard facts. It was very much an opinion based column. Um, so I started with that and then it kind of just evolved and grew and I started doing things that, um just made me happy. I had another sports show with a production company called Rooster Teeth and it was called Sports Ball with Tyler Coe. Shout out to Tyler Coe who now has a college football podcast. Um, I'm blanking on the name, but I I love you, Tyler. (laughs) College football podcast. So sorry. That is not the name. Um, He was really fun to work with because I think he is one of the few people who are more passionate about sports than I am. Yeah. Um, it is really fun working with people who um, just like Gilbert loved loves basketball. Yeah, for football, and I'm not saying this to talk shit. Like he would openly say this on the show. Like uh, I don't watch football in my free time. Like yeah. not my favorite sport. Do, like I could, obviously like he's a competent, capable athlete. He can pick up on the rules, but he doesn't know everything about it. Is like like if it was his favorite sport. Um, whereas Tyler is kind of like into every single sport and knows every single thing. So it, it was, it was more of a variety show and that, that is what I liked. Okay. We talked about everything. How do you prepare for that kind of show? You like, watch sports. Obviously you have to watch the game. You don't okay. have to. That's the thing. Like it's, it was so much fun because that is what I was doing in my free time. And then all of a sudden I was talking about my very cold takes, uh, uh-huh. you know, with a friend who also has equally cold takes uh-huh. and it it was amazing. I never felt like I had to work unless I had to watch an Alabama game. There you go. Yeah. Alabama. Fuck Bama. Damn. Hardcore hate on here. <laughs> the next my next guess is actually from there. So oh god. Not, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not true. Um, <laughs> Robert. Do you see yourself doing another another uh, sports show? I hope so. I hope so. I would never shut the door to that. Um, it's just. I don't see myself doing any show right now with mm-hmm. everything happening in the world. Like I don't, I haven't been able to think 
I, I can't bring myself to plan far yeah. anymore. I, I just feel like things are just not going to pan out, not going to work out. You never know what's going to happen with the world. Yeah. Like we just pushed our wedding to 2022. Wow. Preemptively. It was supposed to be this past June? It was supposed to be this past June and then it was supposed to be next June and that just didn't feel doable. Yeah. You might as well push it off. I mean, you got each other, you know, and... Uh... Fuck that. I got the dress, I lost weight for the dress, and the deposit is non-refundable on the venue. Now you just have to keep losing weight until you, you know. I just have to keep working out. Just got to keep working out. Once to twice a day. Two years. It's all good. I can't wait to let myself go. It's like, (laughs) get ready, Robert. It's coming. Oh, he's seen it. He's seen it. Dress? Yeah. I weighed like 40 pounds more than this this time last year. That just doesn't seem like it equals to anything. Like, it doesn't seem like you're huge. Oh, I, I was a big bitch, though. I looked like a linebacker in high school. Whoa. I was a big bitch. I go. was like 160. Were you on the football team? I should have been. <laughs> I was bigger <laughs> than every other like boy. you like sports, right? You should have been in there. You could, have, you could have revolutionized the world out there. Man. I think you need hand-eye coordination. To do. I, had, I had the build. I had the stock. I could be out there blocking. But... <laughs> So, uh, you know, we were talking when I got here about uh, 12 days. Yeah. You, uh, you were at 12 days this day last year, mm-hmm. right? December 7th. Uh, what night was that? It was, oh, edited around this so it doesn't sound so mean, but it that, was some Korean fine. chef. What was his name, baby? Okay, we'll, it was we'll a three-star chef from Asia. It was a three-star chef, and I'm blanking on the name, but the food was fantastic. Do you remember what day it was? It was... Thomas Keller was it? Oh yeah, Thomas Keller came eight. in. Thomas yeah. Keller ate. Okay. Thomas Keller ate. That's the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> he was full. That's awesome. <laughs> he walked in the room and you could hear a pin drop. You yeah. Could, the like honestly, it was like palpable. That guy's like that guy's a straight G man. Every time he comes in the kitchen, he says hello to every single person in the room. You know, and that's that's. that's I forget awesome. which way like breath works yeah. when he walks into a room. Like I was, I was at the French Laundry in August, and he came up to me and my friends' table, and I words did not come out, and all I could get out was, "I loved your new masterclass." <laughs> that was it, just like that, and like that yeah. breaking voice. And he's like, oh, oh, fuck. "It's so humiliating." I, I do like it though. He takes the time to talk to everyone. Like he he's, does. He's never just like, oh, get out of here. I'm yeah. Busy. Like he, you know, um, we did this event one time at the, the Napa Valley Reserve and he, I had made staff meal and I was like, I was gung-ho on making staff meal because I knew that we were doing this event with them and I was like, I'm going to cook the best staff meal. Oh my God, what did you make? And uh, I made, um, what was it? Uh, damn it, I'm blanking on the name. Mexican dish, tortillas. Filling inside taco, baked, burrito, baked, enchilada, enchilada. Yes, boom with the cheese. <laughs> that's my that's my VIP staff meal. Right Whenever I want to impress, I make that. Oh, but, enchiladas uh, are good. But I remember he came up to me. He's like, "This is so good," and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, it means the world to me. Um, that is amazing. Yeah, you know, but it's. Do you see that he signed my menu oh, the first time I went? Oh, and they I got framed a menu it. On the frame. <laughs> they got the little pin. The little pin. I am obsessed with Thomas. Keller. All right. Uh, Sorry, Robert. It's okay. He's a nice man. Um, so 12 days, you know, you had your meal you, and you've gone there the past three years. Yeah, we, uh, Robert was, no, we've gone the last two years together and then Robert was there three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I was there. Yeah. We, uh, we cooked a great dinner. 
was a good meal. Yeah. Um, and it's been so fun. Every time we went, we've just gotten to hang out in at the table. Yeah. Yeah, at, sure. like the side table, the little the snack shack. Yeah, 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 exa- yeah, yeah. yeah the snack That's shack. That's so cool with Martina oh. and, and Marie. And Honestly, all best seat in the house without a seat for sure. You got Bonjuing the, there. Yes, you know? legends. Shout out to Martina. Oh shout out God. to Bonjuing. Um, what? How'd oh, you yeah, hear Martina. about the restaurant? Restaurant at Meadowood. Uh, yeah, because I know that you came to eat there before twelve days. Yes, I, think I, I yeah. went the first time in. You ate at the counter. Yes. Do it inside. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And I think it was in 2018, in June 2018. Okay. And I heard about it because he had cooked there and I was going up to Napa and I wanted to knock off like a couple places off, off the list yeah, like yeah. while I was up there. So he highly recommended Meadowood and it did not disappoint. It yeah. is th- one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen and oh, just the most incredible hospitality, like from top to bottom. They are the gold standard for just how it should be, how a well-oiled machine should run in the kitchen yeah. and front of house and everything. It, it was it was a beautiful experience, and I'm so thankful that I got that I got to go as many times as I did. Yeah, for sure. You guys sort of became a friend of the restaurants, and you'd come in, and you know, I remember when you were coming in with with Robert and his parents, you you reached out and yeah. like, hell yeah, come on in. Uh, you know, we love to take care of you, and you've been nothing but but cool cool people to us ever since thank you yeah for sure i love eating y'all's food (laughs) i mean yeah and you know bon joing always comes every year and that's that's you know that's one of the things i miss because you know you see him every year um and it's not that you forget about him when he's not there but it's like you know you're so happy to see him because you know that 12 days is here yeah he's fucking (laughs) here he you know he eats the night before we um we serve like the last meal before 12 days starts he always eats it's always like a new menu, things that we're work, we would be working on for day 12, which is Chef's Day. And uh, it's always super exciting when those people come in. Yeah. Because you're like, you want to impress them because you value their opinion. You know, at the end of the day, like he's eaten at some of the best restaurants in the entire yeah. world and has traveled so many places that there's there's nothing but respect for his opinion, you know? Of what he's one like. of the coolest people in the entire world to yeah, for dine sure. with to and like a, just listen to what he thinks of a dish. Yeah. And, uh, oh, to I be could, a lawyer yeah. first and then go into photography, like that's, that takes some balls. Yes, you it does. You know I mean? Not everybody's just going to be like, oh yeah, food blogger. You yeah. Know? Well, uh, first food blogger ever. Yeah. That, ever. Exactly. That term, like... Uh, he's a, He spearheaded the entire industry. Exactly. And he... You know, he was at a time when that wasn't a bad word. Yeah. Because after a little while, a lot of people started doing it, and then it became kind of like a, eh, you know, food blogger. I don't know about that. Um, Robert. <laughs> they're just having some fun over there. <laughs> That's not getting picked up? That'll sound like fucking static. <laughs> it is. It's all good. Yeah, it's stop this her. Is, Come this on. Is, this is live right here. It's all good. It, what? The, dog, the dog's in the podcast. You know, it's all good. Everybody Run hears back credits. there. The dogs are trying to get in the podcast right now, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, so I saw you. You have some beef with the uh, the president from Lebanon. Oh my god! I didn't know where that segue was headed. Yes, I do. He blocked me on Instagram. The president of Lebanon blocked you. On the Instagram. president. What is his name? His name is Michel Aoun. Michel Aoun. Yes. Damn. Fuck him. How did? How? Why did he do that? You think he couldn't handle the heat? <laughs> were you were you giving him some smoke online? I was or what? commenting under a couple photos. I <laughs> I mean, I was I was doing like the the TikTok insults where 
you, you kind of wrap a compliment around in an insult by putting like little twinkle emojis around it. So yeah. I was saying things like, oh, it's the genocide for me and like hard eye emojis yeah. and telling him that, or no, asking him um, if he has woken up yet and if he would like some coffee because I know he slept through the entire bomb in Lebanon because <laughs> he didn't say anything for 14 hours after. And then he just posted a stock photo of the Lebanese flag that he pulled off Google because it was still pixelated. Wow. And that was it. That was all he did 14 hours later. So fuck him. Fuck him. I'm fuck. looking at that mic like it's a camera. Fuck him. You're looking at the mic like it's his face. <laughs> hey, fuck, fuck him. Michelle Aoun from God. Lebanon. Susio talks on the hit list. Now. <laughs> it's all good. Come get me, motherfuckers. All right, <laughs> come get me. So oh what? <laughs> what is? Uh, so you you raise money for the Lebanon, Lebanese Red Cross, right? Yeah. And then, um, uh, what other organizations are you are you working with or raising um, money for? I raised some funds for the NAACP Legal Defense Fund when um, the protests and everything were happening in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and um, honestly, I've just just the Lebanese Red Cross for the most part. Yeah. Um, I'm also bookable on Cameo and all of the money is being donated to the Lebanese Red Cross on there because they are a little bit tricky to donate to because they only accept wire transfers and PayPal and a few other things because they're not directly under the Red Cross umbrella. They're their own separate entity because the Red Cross doesn't stretch all the way to Lebanon. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, cool. it's not... It is bad to donate to the Red Cross because not all of the money goes where it should, but the Lebanese Red Cross is, it's kind of like a McDonald's franchise, how you can just open a McDonald's and that's your McDonald's. Got you. So that is how it's separate. Heard that. Hopefully they're making as much money as McDonald's. God, I hope so. They are doing so much incredible work over there. I, I hope that they get all the funding that they need, even though it's never enough. Yeah, for sure. Um... So, you know, the bomb went off in Lebanon. Did, you know, do you know anybody over there? Did you have any personal calls or anything like that? Or were you more like just upset about the, what's happening with your nation? Oh, my God. Just the state of the nation. It yeah. was devastating. Um, I feel like there was definitely a shift within me after it happened and um, kind of a wake-up call to everything that's going on with the revolution and all of the protests that started in October of last year to try and force reform in the government, get all of these corrupt politicians to step down, um, kind of put Lebanon on a path that isn't religiously influenced and motivated and just try and salvage what's left of the country. And this just really fueled it into high gear. Like people, people are tired. I'm tired. I want to have a country to go back to one day and show my kids. I'm sick of this. Have you been back since? No, I haven't been since I was like 16. Wow. Okay. So you left at eight and then you come back every year. I mean, everyone spends summers in Lebanon. Like Lebanon is a party country. Like Beirut is popping when bombs aren't going off. Which is like every other year, but you got to take advantage of it when you can. Plan plan your vacation. Have you seen that Anthony Bourdain episode when he gets trapped in Beirut? I have not. What happens there? The airport got bombed and he got trapped in Beirut. Whoa. (laughs) I I missed that one. I was working. Oh my God. (laughs) There's a lot of Anthony Bourdain that I need to watch because I like, I just, you know. It's the No Reservation series and he goes to Beirut once and then he goes on a redemption tour to Beirut for the CNN show. Uh, I think that one was... 
cannot remember the name, but it was the one he did with CNN instead of Travel Channel. Gotcha. It was the one right before. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Okay. Heard that. Uh, R.I.P. Um, so what are you working on these days? I am working on a lot of things. A couple underground underground projects. A Let's under, call them yeah, that. Let's yeah, call yeah, them yeah. that. All yeah. right. A couple Sounds underground good. projects, but um, one of them is uh, food related okay. and more specifically fine foods related. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very excited to actually be able to tell you about it and talk more about it. Oh, but, for sure. Um, we want to get caviar and truffles into people's bellies. That is amazing. Hell yeah. Now, is this um, something that you're looking to do globally or sort of start local here in California? Start the United States. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, we want to work closely with any chefs who are listening and restaurants and uh, eventually direct to consumer, hopefully. Um, oh. But yeah, we want, to, we want to feed people. Do it up. Are you, uh, are you thinking about just doing raw product or prepared products as well? I think raw to start. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Because I've always been interested in seeing if somebody can do something on a large scale that is prepared but with caviar. You know what I mean? Like everybody always sells it in tins and they give you the stuff. But, you know, because right now at the restaurant we're running a caviar tartine. So, you know, slice of bread, uh, buffalo milk, stracciatella, the tartine, chive oil, and freeze-dried onion flowers that survived oh. from the fires and all that. Um, and just doing that dish, like, you know, from Chef Costello, that's what I learned. Using caviar as, like, an ingredient to, to dress a dish. Yes. Instead of just, like, okay, here's your caviar, here's your piece of bread, and here's, you know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. I mean, we, we do that at home when we're fortunate enough to have some caviar left over after a tasting or something, but... We'll mix it in with some soft scrambled eggs yeah, and some creme fraiche yeah. so, and like some crusty bread and scoop yep. that up. Oh, yep. that's how we like to enjoy it. Or in a French onion dip with ruffles. Amazing. <laughs> we had this uh, grilled, grilled spiny tail lobster with, um, with that butter over it. What the hell were we talking about? I don't know, but now I'm starving and high. It's, it's not spiny, a good combination. It's a spiny lobster. I was like, what the fuck did I just say? No. Spiny-tailed lobster. Spiny-tailed lobster, and then we would take the caviar, break it with buttermilk, and then just like sauce it with that and serve it cold after it got grilled in the shell. All Chef Costa's idea, but amazing. Shout out to Chef Costa. Shout out to Chef Costa, um, who will be on the podcast next, by the way. Wow. Um, uh, I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, it, it'll be a good one for sure. A uh, lot of lot of years spent with that man, so it's good, good things. Um, all right. Let's see. So you're doing humanitarian work and you know, through your through your OnlyFans page, how are you getting the message across that you're raising money? Oh, I already raised the money. It got it got sent to the Red Cross. Oh, got you. It so was amazing. You're doing that on your own then. You're getting yes. paid and then you're giving the money to the Red Cross. Yes. It's not like the, hey, and the money. reason I did it is because I was auctioning off my glasses oh. from my time in the industry. Oh. And the it was my first time ever using eBay and I probably shouldn't have done it for something that started going for a hundred thousand dollars. But yeah. <laughs> um the first time I put it up, eBay deleted the page and that made me very mad because it was already at a hundred thousand and I didn't think it would get back up to that. Yeah. And then they reinstated it and protected it and it did. Did they think it was some 
Yeah, Somebody you know, they, of course, they thought it was fake. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, um, and then you're like, no, I'm actually Fia Khalifa. This is yeah. I started tagging them on Instagram and Twitter and like <laughs> complaining. Yeah, I was like, a complete Karen publicly. I was <laughs> like, I need to speak to customer service right now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, like, whoa, 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 come down. <laughs> they're like, we're getting harassed online by Mia Khalifa. You need to call her. Oh, but I'm surprised wants. they didn't just block me. But no, thankfully they reached out to me. Yeah. Um, but the first seller was a total creep who just wanted to meet in a parking lot and exchange cash. So I was like, that's fucking pass on that next. Um, the bad thing is that eBay only gives you, I think like a week before they make you move on to the next bidder. And then once I had to move on to like, to, I I moved on from like to five bidders and Uh then it was at 93,000. And at that point I was like, well, I don't want to sell it for less than that. So, I held on to the glasses and decided to donate the hundred thousand. Cool, 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 awesome. Um, and how did you hook that up? Did you just call the Red Cross and say, "Hey, I'm going to wire you this money"? Well, I had to call my bank and tell them, "Hey, I'm sending money to a Middle Eastern third world, basically country now. Yeah. Um, please don't freeze my accounts." Yeah. And then they still proceeded to freeze my accounts. They're like, That's so it took like two fucking weeks to get this wire over, but yeah, it ended up being wired over. Okay, cool. Do they, do they let you know sort of how that money is being spent or are they just like, eh, it's ours now? Yeah, what? on their Instagram actually, they do a weekly, a weekly, um, like rap, like infographic of exactly how many people were served, <clears throat> how many things were rebuilt, how many, uh, th- you know, resources were deployed and how much money was spent each week. So that's nice. They're very transparent about where the funds are going and the people who are being helped. That's nice because that's always my fear. You know, you, you give money to something and it's like, is it going to the right places? Is it going into someone's pocket? Are the real people going to see it that need it? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how it is with the regular Red Cross. Yeah. I do not like donating to them. Mm-hmm. There's no way to know where your money is going. I'd rather donate to small local charities or GoFundMe's or things like that that are started by people and going directly to those people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I just recently um, had to, I donated to a GoFundMe for this family that had lost their house during the fire. Oh. And they worked at the farm, um, this farm I used to work with. And it was so sad because they basically protected the... Um, the the owners of the farm protected their home, but then their home got destroyed, right? So oh basically, they, they had a GoFundMe. It became successful. Like, Good. they were able to buy their own house. Um, but I, you know, I, I felt the need to, I was like, bring them in for dinner. You That's know so I mean? sweet of you. Because, like, people, like, hardworking uh, immigrant families, um, you know, I'm not saying all of them, but for the most part, they're working, right? They're not really worried about going out to eat. Or, like, making sure they have dates. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I definitely feel like that's something that's lacking in our in our industry. It's like, because like, we go out to eat as chefs and as cooks and as, but they don't really, you know, I don't think they really see the value in it. Because they're like, oh, you know, and being at home with your family is awesome. You know what I'm saying? But I think you definitely have to make time for the relationship. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what keeps everything going. Yeah. I mean, you know that I mean? could have been a night away and for that family to get their mind off of everything. Exactly. You got to think exactly. about how stressful mealtime probably is. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we, you know, we were donating to the boys and girls club. We were making meals for them oh, every awesome. week. So, you know, chef always has, um, 
really good intentions when it comes to hard times and you know 12 days you know we 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 donate money from there oh the, the toy drive exactly, that's right the toy drive we have a toy drive at charter oak we yeah have, you know five percent of proceeds from uh family dinner which is our our you know higher end option which is now in a yurt so get yourself that oh yurt i saw menu. the photos it looks Dude, so the, beautiful the yurts are sick uh, like at first when they came i was like i don't know about this that's where everyone's right? staying at our wedding yeah. by the way it's just oh, a yurt camp cool so That's when awesome. I saw that at the on the Charter Oak page, I was oh, it looks so cozy now, are and you, beautiful. You know, tell me this: uh, with your wedding that's coming up, did you have to change sort of the layout of it if we were still in this time so you could? Still it is have not. It? I'm absolutely not doing that. Okay. No, I, that's not even. That's not even an option. Up, that's why you moved it so far back. Yes. Okay. There are people coming from overseas. I don't want to. Oh my god! Just thinking about being near <laughs> 75 <laughs> people. Thinking about being near 75 people in general, and then in a pandemic. <laughs> No, I'm terrified for my wedding. Do you know how many people I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to small talk with? Oh my goodness! This is gonna be a nightmare. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be so many. Hello, how are you? What have you been up to? It's so nice to see you. Wow. Um, I love everyone who's coming. <laughs> you know, I'm always. I had a cousin of mine who had a small wedding, and you know, she had the wedding. I couldn't go because I was working. Uh, but then I was like, hey, yeah, well, how come you didn't have a bigger wedding? And it's like, it's always because, you know, I got to pay for everybody, man. I don't have money for that. And I'm of the mind of like, I'll pay to come to your wedding. Like, I don't get to go to many weddings. I will pay f- to have a good time at your wedding. You know what I mean? That's worth it for me. Um, for any wedding, to be honest. Like, there's very few weddings that are not fun. I recently- that's, a re- that's a very sweet thing to say because most people are like, oh, God, I have to go to a fucking wedding. Dude, screw people that say that. I love weddings, weddings are fucking too. fun yeah, as shit. They are. Like, um, I, <laughs> there was this guy that, uh, that used to work for me, came in for dinner uh, the night after his wedding. And, uh, you know, not only does it get rescheduled because of COVID, you know, he finally has this wedding. He gets a heat stroke during the wedding. <laughs> The ambulance has to come, fan him off, all that. It's it was like that is so embarrassing. Yeah, that yeah, is it's embarrassing. Poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. But it's, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, he's with the love of his life. So, Aww. you know, why not have the ambulance come? Yeah. Well, Listen. the guest list was mostly Robert. I mine <laughs> is honestly like twenty something people, mm-hmm. and I had to fight Robert on getting it down from a hundred to seventy five. Yeah. So. He's just, he's this is the pop- social fucking butterfly. He's just of the a family. popular guy, you know what I mean? That's, he's the chef. He's just he just has so many friends, and it's so annoying. <laughs> right I'm there. also very bad at geography, so I like I like have Border no like bombs I, everywhere. No idea. <laughs> I'm always like um, I, I used to date a girl from um, Sri Lanka. Right, and I always was like, "Oh yeah, you're Indian." And she'd I be hate like, you so yeah, much. Yeah, I know. That is the biggest microaggression. It's not I'm even. I'm so micro. sorry. <laughs> like, I I just don't look at maps very often. You know, <laughs> that is so a macroaggression. She's just like, "I'm Asian, you fucking asshole," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm so sorry." You know. So now when people are like, "Yeah, he's Mexican," I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm Mexican." Oh, you know, even though I'm poor me, Mexican. me and Robert are working on his microaggressions towards his Middle Eastern wife. That he's too. You know, innocent and white and privileged to know about. Well, that I didn't know about until I realized, oh, that's why I feel this thing called resentment after someone says something like this. <laughs> oh, okay. I told you, man, he's OG white. He's, he really He's from is. the old country he white. Is. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have American white privilege, which is much different than, This is like, you know, this is the old money version yeah, of white they, privilege. They had to work for all their privilege. You know, all their smoked salmon companies. His ancestors 
Western they had, was a Viking for this privilege. Yeah, I'm telling you. Like, yeah, they, they worked for that. You know what I mean? So all the credit to them. They have, they have no privilege. <gasps> Shout no, out to no Robert. Shout out to Robert. Matter of fact, let's, let's do this, all Robert. All right, tap me out. Get your ass over here. Tap me out. It's your turn. I'm going to get a... Do you guys have any water? I can yeah, yeah, of course. Spontaneous. Did you feed them something? What is she eating? Some of that. Count the mushrooms. We're back, we're back on the air. <laughs> oh, we're back on the air? Oh, back on the air. Back on track. <laughs> um, so, so now we're sitting here with Robert Sandberg. Chilling. You have a very... Um, well, I don't know if, if this is true, but your name sounds very American. But you tell me. I don't is know. that like a, a common name back where you're from? Robert is pretty common. Sandberg is, I guess it's... It's mostly the Sandberg. As Swedish uh, as he gets. Okay. It gets, I think, I mean, it basically translates to Sand Mountain. That's what it is. My middle name is probably more American, though. Gunner. Gunner. Oh, yeah, his middle name is Gunner. <laughs> Your middle name's Gunner? Yeah. yeah. But not Gunner, like, with an E, like, with an A. So okay. Gunnar. Got you. Very yeah. But it's in Sweden, that's pretty old and nerdish. Sick. Gunner. So born in Sweden. Born and raised in Sweden. Very cool. West Coast. Very, very small town. Um, what is it called? Falkenberg. Okay. A Falk Mountain, basically. If you translate that also. Everything is mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything translates to mountain. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So um, y- your parents, like, what did they do when you were growing up? Uh, I mean, they were pretty... I mean, they were, they were working like many other... I mean, all the other people do. They were working in the... Not hospitality. Uh, I mean, doctors and uh, psych- psychiatrists. Whoa. Yeah. So okay. it was pretty. It was a good grown up, but it was pretty strict. I would say. Yeah. yeah they know sure. all the time everything bad you did. Yeah. They knew exactly why and why not. And you know, there was always oh, it's a peer pressure. So they're coming at it from like a textbook standpoint. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. Got you, yeah. Got you. So they they were always right, even if I I never admitted. You know. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> that yeah, that's suck, dude. Yeah. A doctor, they're like, yeah. they know exactly what's wrong with you, health-wise yeah. and mentally. <laughs> and now, like, when you're older, you realize, like, yeah, they were right about everything. Like, Literally. Yeah. It was not that they were extremely smart. They were, ju- they just, they're grown up. They're, you know, yeah, they know what's going on. Going through the same struggles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. How was it going, uh, going, to, you know, i never been to Sweden at all. Yeah. Right? So going to school there, uh, you obviously never went to school in the States. Right. No. So how what what was school like? You know, obviously like you go to the uh, classroom, sit down, you know, it's all Yeah, like, it's pretty I mean, it's a good school. You it, you do yeah. I mean, obviously there's bad stuff and what are you doing now here? Huh? You th- okay, it's right trying to make fun of me here. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> you, taking a video. He's laughing and filming. <laughs> I'm smiling at my own I'm funny to myself. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm no myself laugh. No, school is good. I mean, obviously, there's bad stuff going on also, but I think it's pretty chill, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the best. I was actually, younger age, I was very quick learning, very s- smart, to be honest. But And my kind of strategy was to work super hard for, like, one, two months. So, you know, like, a book ahead, you know, mm-hmm. in, in math, for example. Yeah, and yeah. I can just chill out. Okay. Like, perfect. I'm four chapters ahead of the other people. Okay. Let's gotcha. just chill now. And I never get back to, 
you know, when they when other people caught up on those four chapters, for example, then I was just like I was gone because I was too lazy after that. Yeah, didn't care. I just yeah. want to mess around. I was never fighting or anything. I just love to break stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love when things break. So I gather you like metal music then. Oh yeah, metal music. I okay. Love. I I don't listen to everything. Like I can listen to Celine Dion and stuff as well. You know, but I think yeah. Bottom line, metal is what gets me going, especially oh, in, the, sure. in the kitchen. What was the first few bands that you that you got into? Yeah, I would say. Like earlier, it was probably Kiss or Judas Priest, but uh-huh. then, like my all-time favorite is probably Pantera. Okay. Yeah, I That's love true. the Phil Anselmo, the singer. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's badass. That's what's cool about you know music because you know you're all the way in Sweden and you love Pantera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm all yeah. the way in you know growing up in Meriden, Connecticut, loving Pantera. Yeah, so yeah. So it's it's cool. You know, and it's cool. also cool now when I'm actually in America <laughs> when you know we've been in Austin and Dallas and like oh yeah Dallas that's where they're from and going to a Dallas hockey game and they're all like playing Pantera there. Exactly. Yeah, all the time. It's so cool. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's cool that in Austin they like metal because everywhere I've always lived, they don't like metal. Yeah. You know, so... Austin's so young and progressive. Exactly. Though. You know, but, like everywhere I've lived, metal is like nobody listens to metal. Oh. I've been the only one. So anytime I talk to people that like metal, I'm like, hey man, what's your favorite band? Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of nerd out a little bit because it's like nobody else likes you just it. just talk to Norwegian people. It's the same metal. thing with me in uh, professional wrestling. I love professional you wrestling. You do? I am such a big fan like of WWE? Yeah, f- Hell oh, yeah. A hundred percent. You look, we can, we're on, you, you can be on this too. It's all good. Oh my God. Are you, uh, are you a wrestling fan? So no, I talked shit about wrestling on yeah. Out of Bounds and yeah. then, um, Eva Marie came on and confronted me. <laughs> Damn. And my butthole has still not unclenched. Dude, she is, later. she's baller. So then I had to go and actually be put through a, um, WWE style fight and, uh, this girl named, uh, her name is something Rosa. Um, it was in like, like farm league, uh, uh-huh. WWE, but, uh, yeah, she body slammed me and like did the chest slap and yeah. did the whole like flipping me. And then I had to go to a chiropractor. Whoa. So they don't give you any training. They just no. sent you in there to get beat up. Yeah. Did you say it was fake? I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That is the worst. There oh, is actually seen videos. Yeah. There, no. Did they it put bad. it on TV or anything? Yo, it's on YouTube. Whoa! Yeah, it has like. Mil- Is it like Mia Khalifa getting her ass kicked in yes. WWE yes. rings? <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. It was this guy who flipped people with his dick. Whoa! What? His name? Yeah, no, that's like his like gimmick. I must have missed that. That's one. a weird sport. Uh, <laughs> that's a weird sport. He's like, you know what? At least you're calling it a sport. Yeah. Because at the end of the I day, like, show. you know, the the way I I look at it is like, you know, basketball season. Football season. Yeah. These guys sleep for three months or whatever. You yeah. obviously still have to keep in shape, right? But for me, it's like these guys have to do this shit 340 days a year. Driving around from coast to coast, have to stay in shape, have to eat right, plus you know, operate at a super high level or else your other guy dies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that that's, that's pretty, pretty commendable. Yeah. And the fact is, it's like I look at it as – um like us cooks, mm. you know what I mean? When you're a cook, you're an independent contractor, mm. right? You're just working kind of for somebody else, but also for you. Yeah. And then that's what they do. They're just trying to grow themselves and basically promote themselves as something that can be seen, you know, and you can make money off of mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Is, you know. I mean, it seems like 
people don't care if it's fake or not. It's still a show. Hell, people bet on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's crazy. I'm not going to sit here and bet on it. But <laughs> the fact that the, you can call your bookie and bet on predetermined wrestling matches yeah. is insane to me. <laughs> it's pretty it's crazy, insane. actually. Um, so, you're in Sweden, and then did you when did you start cooking? I started pretty early. Uh, I mean, as I said, I was very kind of messy as a kid and like the friends I was hanging around with they were like it felt like I was I had the strictest parents like they were always allowed to do everything be out you know latest and stuff like that so you would go to hang out at their house yeah hang out at their house. yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch a movie yeah I did the same yeah, shit bro classic <laughs> and then you did something else yeah uh, obviously but um, <laughs> now with my parents they were like you know on our uh, when we were off school in summer or during Christmas and stuff, they were like, get a job or, you know, do something rather than just, as they say, hang around in town. Yeah. Um, and my sister at that time was, uh, uh, what was it like? Um, not maitre d', but like a restaurant manager uh, at a restaurant and hotel in town. Yeah. Like, it was called, it was Grand Hotel, but, you know, in a very small, shitty town. <laughs> so um, I got a job there as a, a dishwasher. Okay. Um, I was like 13, I think and 13 yeah yeah very early and it was like at the the thought of like working first were like ah fuck this but then you know getting in there it was pretty it was very fun actually because my bosses back then i mean one of them he's like still one of my best friends and yeah he's like 15 years older than me uh-huh. but you know it was like hanging out with people that had the same kind of grown up also they were you know restless adhd you know, want to do, want to be everywhere yeah, at the exactly. same time and do everything, <laughs> all crazy stuff. And everyone ended up in one place, restaurant, you know, and that's, I think, still how it is because you don't need too much to get into a restaurant, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously on a higher level, you need some experience, of course, but you can, with whatever background, get into a restaurant for sure. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I ended up in the in the dishwasher there, and it was super fun and helping out with different stuff, you know, waitering a little bit and here and there on my summer breaks, Christmas breaks, spring breaks, whatever it's called. Um, and then I think a year later or two years later, it was in the summer, and it was a this town in the summer is very busy. Like it's a lot of tourism coming in. Yeah. So all the restaurants are you know insane. There's a lot to do. And one chef or two chefs got sick or whatever it was. Probably a hangover, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get into the kitchen yeah. and help out with, you know, doing easy stuff. Cutting, cutting salads and, yeah. You know, the basic first stuff you start learning to do. And I thought it was pretty fun. And, the, you know, going from hanging out with a, you know, kind of front of house more to the back of house. That yeah. was like even cooler and even better because they have like all these weird stories and kind of fucked up thing going on in there. Uh, everyone was still this was I think still back uh, you know when alcohol and drugs was pretty yeah. common I, I can just feel that it was a different totally different story in the back of house than front of house for and, sure and it was fun even if I don't I didn't you know care about if they were drunk or high or I barely know what it was um, it was just fun to be in there and I learned a lot and I was I felt like I was a pretty easy learner mm. um, so I did that and then ended up working the whole summer in the kitchen and then you know after school and stuff and then i applied to go get to into restaurant school and getting in there was super easy it was like you need to pass three subjects basically yeah you're in it was the easiest 
So I was like, oh, yeah, perfect. I can go for this. And is, that, is that what it's called over there, restaurant school? like this? Yeah, or like culinary school. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and the school is basically, it's three, three years. It's like, I think high school here. It's called gymnasium. Okay. Uh, but the first year was both hotel, restaurant, and then the restaurant was obviously, you know, back of house, front of house. Second year, you choose hotel or restaurant. And if you choose restaurant, you're doing both front of house and, and back of house. And the third year, the last year, you choose, you know, exactly what you want to do. Oh, I want to be in the bakery or I want to be in hot kitchen or, or kitchen in general or mm. front of house. So that's what I did. And, and while I was doing that, I was just working on working on one restaurant, that restaurant weekdays and then another restaurant on, on weekends. So, yeah, and that's, I don't know, I feel like I kind of got an addiction to working and it was always fun and it was always that kick of getting into yes. work. I still have that every day when I'm cooking for someone. I'm always nervous. Uh, I always have a, what do you call it? Like something in your stomach. Yeah, like, uh, butterflies. Yeah, butterflies yeah, yeah, yeah. or like a big, something heavy <clears throat> in my stomach. I feel it still every day. and I'm. That's how you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I think so. You and know? also it means also that I care and I'm kind of not nervous, but you know, I don't want to fuck up. I want to exactly. uh, perform. Exactly. So I, yeah, I'm happy that I still have that. And, I think from that day, it's just always been, you know, always been fun to working and I always wanted to work more and more and more and longer and longer. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's the kind of beginning of my career, I think. Cool. Well, did you have any chefs at that point that were kind of I mean, taking you under your wing or when did you actually like start getting on the line, uh, start touching food? Yeah. I mean, that was probably when I moved to Stockholm to, mm-hmm. I, when I graduated school, Probably, I think it was like a week later, I moved up to Stockholm because I got a job there. Uh, we were out doing internships uh, in schools. We did, I think, I think it was like five-week periods. And I went up north in Sweden on a, like a pretty big ski resort there. On a, But one of the famous chefs, uh, one of the biggest chefs in Sweden back then, he had probably 10, 15 restaurants. They're all, all very high-caliber restaurants. But one of them was up there, and I love skiing so a lot. Let's go up there and do an internship mm-hmm. and work there. And then he was opening a new restaurant in Stockholm and they offered me, okay, but you can get a job there. It's like, yeah, why not? So I went there for a trial and I got the job and uh, it was just totally different. You know, it's like going from a, probably a small roadside diner yeah, to yeah. Uh, going into San Francisco and yeah, yeah. going to the big boys. Um, so it was totally different, but I at least had the tempo, I think, or the speed. Uh-huh. From the the busy to keep up a little bit, yeah, 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 to keep up. But that was just a lot to take in. But it was so fun and totally different level of food. Even if this restaurant wasn't, I would say close to a Michelin star or anything like that. But it was just it was very good food. And I love to go eat there when I'm in Stockholm. Okay, uh, it's like kind of open fireplace. We did like weekends four or five hundred covers. Uh, you same, know, same chef as when you were there. Uh, no, he sold it uh, a couple of years ago. But still, he's one. He's a legend in Sweden, and yeah. his co-owner uh, I know very well now. And same, the owner of the there were two owners up in the, the restaurant and the ski resort. Okay, yeah, I, we have good contact today as well, and they're super nice, awesome. very good friends. Yeah, awesome. so it's 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 pretty cool to see, you know, when you're that young and you're working under someone that have no idea who you are and doesn't give a shit either. Yeah, and now you know, ten years later, you talk, you act like. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, friends, your friends, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they That's know you, cool. and they respect you. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. I remember looking at, you know, I look at Costa and yeah. videos online, 
And then now yeah, I get I talk to him every day. Yeah, you know what I mean? I text him, I email chef, him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's cool to, to have that building. It's really cool you know? actually. Yeah. <clears throat> and then after that restaurant, where do you go from there? Uh, after that I went um what was that? No oh yeah. So I had a friend who was he was from the same town. He was very talented, I remember. I don't know what he's doing today to be honest. But anyway, he was out <clears throat> doing like internships and I think he had been at Noma. Or somewhere else in Denmark. But mm-hmm. he recommended doing that. And I was like, yeah, why not? I like travel. And Denmark is pretty close. So let's do that. So I applied for an internship at Noma. And did that. And, you know, like looking back at it now, of course, I wasn't, you know, I <laughs> it was not the right, you know, way to go. Because it was just too much new stuff going on. I had no idea what it was. But I think I kind of learned pretty quick about it. And, you know, I start to understand on my own time or reading about a lot of that things. It was the new Nordic, of course, but it was just so much new stuff, like more, not really molecular, but, you know, it was pretty high end. Go Mm -hmm. from that kind of restaurant I worked at with more pushing out food to Noma, where it's like, yeah, tasting menus and like, I don't know, 50 chefs or something like that. Exactly. It was just a lot, but it was fun. And I learned a lot, especially leadership and, uh, the mentality in the kitchen, you know, it was, I mean, back then it was super strict. Yeah. And you know that also it's, a lot of that had changed. Yeah. Like now recently, but yeah, it was like a army kind of thing. It was cool. Uh, we worked insane hours and I got offered a job, uh, which I was really happy about. How long did you start there? Uh, I think it was, could it be two, three months maybe? Cool. I think the minimum was like a two months. So I think at least two months. You worked with Juicy? Oh man, I I know I remember a lot of people there and but names I'm really bad yeah. at in, in general, but I I see them here and there. It's like, oh I worked with that guy. Yeah. Oh he he was the chef there. Who who was it? Dan Juicy. Oh yeah, Dan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah Dan I know. Uh, I, I shouldn't I have said his last name like yeah. <laughs> you know about Dan. No, <laughs> like, I think the fuck? Dan Dan <laughs> was when I was doing stash there, he was if he was a stash also, you know, but, I mean, obviously, uh, a stash that, you know, come by to... Because he was probably applying for a job. Exactly. Uh, not like me coming to learn stuff. Yeah. Uh, but th- either he was that or he was a CDP. And then when I came back for a job, I think he was a sous chef. And then, like, you know, a couple of months later, he was the head chef when... So it took him, like, under a year. Probably. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I don't know. It went very fast. It was quick, huh? Yeah, it was yeah. quick, yeah. Yeah. I met, ma- I met him at a dinner we did at, at uh, Meadowood. Yeah. Uh, Friends of Ben Shuri dinner, I, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was a, another dinner or two that we did with a chef from Comey in Oakland. I forget what that dinner was, but uh, he runs the brigade. Yeah, yeah, in Connecticut. Yeah, for the kids, right? Yeah, for, for the yeah, for the kids' school, school food. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very cool. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we need, we need that. Yeah, because yeah, sure. you know, growing up in Connecticut, school food not good. <laughs> that's a stereotype. <laughs> like, also, that's like what we see in Sweden. You know, oh, all the kids in America they eat burgers and pizza for. You know, every day. It's disgusting. What are you guys eating over there? Like Sweden? healthy? No. Nah, yeah, I mean, yeah, healthy. There's always... I think there is there is regulations and laws in school. That, you know, always... I think 60% of the food or something has to be vegetables. Really? Yeah. And there is... What? I mean, there's plenty to That's choose from. <laughs> there's like... It trains you to eat good food, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you... And there's like always... When you're younger, there's always the cooks or there's like the teacher just standing there and... I mean, quote unquote, watching you mm-hmm. to like, okay, you got I don't know, 10 meatballs here now. Let's take them salad also, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. 
You guys had regulators for lunch? I, I mean, ish. I regulator yeah. at home. Yeah. yeah. I get judged every time I fucking snap. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's how it was. That's where it comes from. Yeah. And, uh, the you know, there's, there's <laughs> always, <laughs> potato, you know, has to be equal. We, I think we call it the... In Swedish, it's called a kostcirkel, which is the circle of the meal, basically. Like this, let's say 25% has to be carbs, 25% protein, whatever it is, and the rest 50% of, I don't know, salad and, I, I don't know, you know, you divide it up <laughs> like that. So it's it's very good food, actually. And That's so crazy. Yeah. For us, it was like burger, side Remember salad, maybe. <laughs> Coleslaw, french fries. <laughs> <laughs> well, where where I went to school was a vocational program. Yeah, and um, it was uh, we had to cook the school food, so it was actually good. Like yeah. we made bolognese, and like you know, we do like things like uh, cheesy fries, but it'd be like legit bechamel cheesy fries. You know, yeah, it wasn't like processed. Food, nah. so, you know what I mean? But some of those high schools, man, you go in there and it's like. Although I'm trying to recreate right now the chicken patty. <gasps> See which one? Yeah, I think oh, she, she knows what that's patty. about. The secret so, is in the bun. Yeah. So basically, it's it's basically a chicken farce uh-huh. that's fried, yeah. and you eat it like a sandwich. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but the way you know the way it is is it's just it looks like a, a breast meat, mm-hmm. but I want it to be like more fatty. Yeah, yeah like chicken so thigh meat yeah. and like oh, like that bite, oh, for sure. yeah, that like hot dog that snap. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's what I want, but. Patties please, with please, please. chicken breasts. Every time I go to work on it, it's like we have to close for some reason. So I like have to ditch the R&D and yeah. then we come back and I'm like, all right, well, now I have to rebuild work the restaurant. The dish, man. And then, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I've been trying to change the uh, the fried chicken sandwich. Yeah, next time we come up and you guys are open, you have to make sure that that dish is ready. Hell yeah. 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 All right. Let me know. Yeah. I, I love the pressure. And I want my circle of Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You're going to get your, your 60, 80. 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fine. I got you. Well, um, that ratio was only allowed in butter and potatoes for mashed potatoes. Right. Maybe. No, but that, that's what we had. That was something you learned from day one. You know, it was everywhere. Photos of was there show. Was there a chef cooking that food or was it just I mean, like lunch ladies? Fucking older chefs that don't want to cook. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. See, um, I hear you. Have a photo but, you know, sometimes like you get you go to the schools and the, the, everybody knows the chef. Yeah, you yeah. know, in Puerto Rico, my my stepmom is a secretary at a school, and like that's a circle. Whoa! Yeah, let me see. Right, he's showing me a peace sign right so now. That's, that's a, their food uh, pyramid is food. a yeah, peace sign. That into us in school too. Oh, dairy and shit. But but ours is a shitty pyramid. Yeah, they got oh, a nice yeah, we had little, it also. Has way more bread. Yeah, nice little oh, pie I think chart. We had a pyramid also somewhere. Right. That's it. <laughs> eggs eggs are very small on that one. Um. So you're at Noma. What do they? What do they have you doing? What are the things that you were doing? I was mostly stash? in. Uh, oh, it's a stash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think. I think if I remember it right, back then that this was the old location, obviously. But the I think you started like a couple of weeks at least, or in uh, I think it's called production or something. Yeah. Where it was basically like all the new people or mm-hmm. uh, ending up, you know, on a two week or something upstairs, you know, doing all the. Picking herbs. Yeah, picking like herbs that. and stuff. Like picking crab meat from shells. And, you know, it's all a small... You're standing with tweezers for hours and just picking and picking. And Yeah. It's, uh, you know, kind of factory work. It was... I mean, of the first couple of days, it was just like, fuck, this is so boring, you know? But yeah. <laughs> then you... When you start seeing more and understand that, okay, but this time leaves or whatever, ending up on this dish. And, you know, you see the kind of the whole process in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, 
So it wasn't that bad. It was pretty fun actually, and you you learning a lot of pe- you learning to starting to know a lot of people, uh, a lot of chefs you know from all over the world. It's it's always fun, and everyone wants to know about each other. Oh, where are you from? What are you cooking there? And you know stuff like that. And so there's a lot of stages, but it's a kind of like a cool community of stages. Oh yeah, totally. Very it's cool. Really cool. Were Let you me- staying with some of them? No, uh, no, uh, probably at the same hostel or something. But we we were hanging out, you know. I think the when I ending up on the production the first week, that kind of uh, group you were mm-hmm. from the beginning because we all basically started the same day. We uh, we hanged out on the days off and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but I think I would say in general, uh, not just Noma or other. I mean, other restaurants. It's, I think it's pretty good. Uh, you say I mean you're getting friends pretty quickly and mm-hmm. even if you're a head chef or a, he can hang out with interns okay it, cool cool, know, cool it's always fun and right. you went out for gotcha. karaoke or you know drunk nights it, it was always fun yeah uh, Denmark is a cool city and a cool country and Copenhagen is for sure a cool city that's always cool yeah and so I think that's how it started and then you all get divided out by mm-hmm. you know in different se- sections um, and then when you came uh, did you do anything while you uh after you left and before you came back, uh, yeah, I went to like help a friend in Stockholm with some, a small like restaurant project okay. for a little bit. But then I get an email and ask if you know. I think there was someone quitting or something. That can you you want to fill in this position? Like yeah, of course that sounds fun. And also, I think part of the job, yeah, the job obviously was the biggest reason. But also, I, lo- I started fell in love with Copenhagen. It was such mm-hmm. a cool city. And then I started in uh, that was in a pastry section. I think pastry and kind of snacks slash canapes was a sort of a shared section back then. It was fun. Uh, I learned a lot. I worked with uh, mostly with a little bit with Milton. You know Milton Abel. Mm-hmm. He's in Denmark now, but uh, I think back then the, he left for I think French Laundry or per se maybe. But he he's awesome. He I learned a lot from him. And At the time that you were studying, was the fermentation lab a thing? Yeah, I think they just started on that <clears throat> they just started boat, doing I think, the, back then, the houseboat. Yeah. Uh, it was next to it. But right there now, it's be new, like, buildings and yeah, new yeah. apartments. Uh, and then, oh, who was it else? I mean, Rocio Sanchez, which is badass, super cool. Yeah. Learned a lot from her. She's great. Uh, yeah, it was, you met a lot, bunch of people. Um, and some, you know, some you have, you know, I, I think we're all our friends on Facebook, but... I don't talk to probably anyone. Mm-hmm. You meet them here and there, and you see them here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty cool, and you always catch up. It's it's fun. Uh, yeah. So it was it was a great time for sure. But I think thinking back of it now, it was. I think I ended up there too early in my career. It would probably be a couple of years ago. Oh, it would be the best time. Okay. I think it was too. Why do you say that? Uh, I think it was just too new for me. Now, if I would go there now, I would understand. Not you know, not that I know all the recipes or know how to do stuff, but I would understand the whole perspective more. Okay. Uh, I think I did too small amount of basic stuff before I ended up there. Okay. I would should probably spend you know a couple more years in a shitty place or uh, you know more average place. I hear you. Then going straight from school working in some shitty places to a very good restaurant to uh, back then what was it? The some, best. Yeah, the best. Yeah. Some of the best. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, still, it was it was a great time. I loved it. Uh, it was just, I think I just got very tired of it, at least. I mean, I think since I didn't understand that much that I do now, I think I had to work 
way harder than everyone else that because they were you know far ahead of me you know in knowledge yeah. and experience and i think both that physically shit, and that shit fucks with you a little bit yeah it does because then you're like especially when they're the same age as you yeah, or yeah. younger yeah and you're like fuck yeah fuck man yeah this guy's and, 21 he's already this shit yeah and then but that also makes me not happy now but no you know the people that you kind of competed with back then that or you were I'm not really jealous of, but like you said, like a two-year younger guy who's like, fuck, this guy's a badass. And now yeah. he's working at a diner. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I love that. No, yeah. I, I hear you. It does motivate you, though. Yeah, it does. Actually. When that other person that's better than you and you kind of have that little bit of like jealousy, you yeah. know, when you're young. And yeah. then, um, you know, now you get those same feelings, but it's not so much jealousy. It's no. it's more like I should be better than that. Yeah, yeah. You know? And also, like now, it's just age for me doesn't you know really. I don't really know age. I mean, when you're younger, you know, oh, he's probably 22 and I'm 21. But now I, you know, barely know her age. I barely know your age. You know, like we're all kind of you know equal because we're grown up and we. <laughs> I think I don't feel I don't see the the age right now. So. Yeah. You don't see these frown lines? Huh? You don't see these frown lines? He's like, I actually don't know what age you are. I don't know. <laughs> you're 28. <laughs> no, you're turning uh, He's like, 28 soon. Robert, Dude, er, don't, don't do that. Don't do That's fucked up. See, <laughs> uh, I've been in trouble with that before. Yeah, I know, I know. Dude, I, I get in trouble at the airport <laughs> because I'm walking through and all of a sudden oh. the officer's <laughs> like, what's your birthday? And I'm like, um... I'm just like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like I know you're picking me out of a lineup right now. That was the first just thing I said about something. Like, Man, look at that hair and beard. <laughs> like it's totally different from what I was like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, um, I've realized that I look completely different. Like if I shave my head and just keep the beard, completely different from if I shave my head and shave my yeah. face. Completely yeah, different. Like, I, like I grow my hair yeah. and it's just all different that types not of ways. Anywhere. No, this thing right here, I'm going to back. Afro Dave's coming back. Do you do anything with hair or it's just, that's natural? Uh, that's natural. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool. I just pick it out. That's it. Yeah, my Afro pick. You got to save it up too. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I, got, I mean, if not, it's like tight curls and then, <laughs> and then the back because it's like naturally heavy. It'll be like sunken in. Do you sleep with a bonnet? I do. No, no. You should get a box cut. No. Sometimes, sometimes I'll sleep with a do-rag on yeah. so it'll make it like tighter. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time that I am growing my hair again. Yeah. Uh, long. So we'll see where it goes. She Last time. A, the box cut. That's pretty cool. The flat top? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the flat <laughs> top. I mean, this took me very short. So it kind of makes me happy that I could do this in in like six months. Yeah. You know? That's only six months. This is only six months. So, Shit. you know. What's your moisturizing routine? Uh, I use uh, African black soap. <laughs> yeah. African black soap. I virgin coconut Yeah, African black soap. The shit. I don't even know who makes it, but I know. First of all, yeah. It. I mean, it's good because I got the I got the body soap and the the lotion. So full circle. You know what I'm saying? Um. So you plan to leave there, and was that a hard decision for you? Uh, I think I can't. I remember I think it probably was but did you know where you wanted to go no uh, I think I was just like in general very I, I don't know it feels like you know my memory is pretty bad but um, I, I remember I was very very tired you know I probably didn't even know what burnt out was but you know 
like borderline to that probably. So I was just, I think I just wanted, you know, to get some time off because it was just so much for me to, because I need to catch up on so much stuff and, you know, yeah. trying to, yeah, catch up to everyone else, um, both mentally and physically, you know. It was just, yeah, it was very exhausting. But anyway, How many hours a day were you working over there? It was, it was I would say the minimum was probably 15, 16 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this two services, lunch and dinner? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. That was, oh, wow. Was How many covers? Oh, yeah, when it was full, I think it was 45, 45 plus PDR 15. Or okay. uh, 20, uh, 15 to 20. Okay. So, you know, like setting up for lunch and then in between service prep plus setting up for PDR and dinner. Seven days a week? No, no, it was five days a week. Five days a week. Then we had Monday's prep. So, yeah, it was like Sunday. So, off, six days a week. Yeah. Got you. Now, um, and you can do that, of course, when you're young and when you, I mean, I wanted to do it. When you it was, want it. Yeah, you want you it. You want it. Yeah. And of course, I mean, I don't mind doing it now, but, you know, you're getting, after two weeks, I'm dead. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you can feel it like, and also, it doesn't give me anything to work seven days a week, you know, like full power, full speed, like. Yeah. I mean, when you're that yeah, that young, you're a doer. You're doing what people tell you to do and what you're instructed to do. But when you're older, you need to take your own decision and you know create your own food or you know create be creative in general. You can yeah. be that if you, you know heads down. Heads down, week, exactly. Yeah, work. like yeah. you're getting total tunnel vision and almost like robotic. Yeah, and then you when you when you think of dishes yourself or things you want to do is very much like what you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah so you're like you feel like a fake yeah like yeah, this yeah. is not me this is yeah. not my food this no. is like yeah, exactly and you know. i mean yeah people can argue with like oh yeah you're spending 16 hours a day and you know putting time leaves on a plate like yeah i mean some people that's what i want to do i wanted to do it for a while and but obviously there's nothing i want to do right now yeah uh, but i totally respect people that want to do it and for sure it's their style of cooking yeah you know i i don't that's not my thing. Yeah. So you left there and where did you go from there? Uh, I left there and went, uh, let's see. Directly into work or did you take a little break? No, I think, no, I had a friend who worked at Maimo in Oslo. Okay. Um, let's see now. So I ended up there, I think it was, I did a trial there uh, or at France and at same. I can't remember. But I, anyway, I ended up at Maimo because my Swedish friend, he was working there Uh yeah, end up working there. It was very short because, like, five or six months in, I remember my sister got cancer. Uh, so it was allowed back and forth, uh, going back home. Yeah. Uh, Did the restaurant allow that? With no yeah, way. yeah. So it's been. I mean, he's awesome. He, we're good friends now. And, yeah. Uh, he's, Dude, he's, he's a fucking big motherfucker, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker like seven feet tall. Yeah. With he's black awesome. army boots and shit. Yeah. I remember he. Black metal. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> We did twelve days, and yeah. he was like, "I want to, I want to see how the service goes." And chef was like, "Well, why don't you just like sit down and, and eat?" He's like, "No, I want to see how the service goes." Yeah. So he just sat in the back of the kitchen, like just standing yeah. there. And I'm like, "You can't like blend in. Like everyone knows it's you. You know what I'm saying? Like this isn't your night, but you're here, and you're like, yeah. hey man, do he's, it up. He's he, awesome. You know, he had a seat. But I remember he had a he had a pickled salsify on." Oh, yeah, with uh, with the... juniper puree, yeah, it was like yeah. a juniper yell, and I remember lingonberries. I think it's I, right. yeah, I remember the uh, the guy who came with him <laughs> didn't bring the, something. He was like, I know what he's gonna he was like, 
You telling me we got on a plane and we flew 14 hours without this in the bag? <laughs> no, it's like no, he's a one-liner. Well. Yeah, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> yeah, his food is awesome, man. Yeah, I like that a lot. He has yeah. a yeah, he has I a good had style. Just great memories from him. He's, yeah. I love when you know watching people like you know him. He back in the days he was crazy yeah. like many other people, and I just loved watching that. Not that I love seeing someone get angry, but it's just. Stuff like that, thinking back of that today, it's just, it's just fun for me. Uh, he was great. I had a great time there. But yeah, well, he's he, passionate, you know? Yeah, yeah, And at sure. the end of the day, like, his name is on the, on the door. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when people, when you fuck up his thing, yeah. they're not going to think about you. They're going to think about him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course you could be upset, yeah. you know? I remember all the time it was something bad or something wrong. Oh, clean the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, clean the kitchen again. Yeah, we just cleaned it. <laughs> no, clean it again. Do it, again. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so he let me, I mean, obviously go home and and then it was just like too much. And then, you know, the doctor said it would get worse. And then I was like, fuck, I can't just go and work six days a week. And then on my only day off, take the bus home five hours. Yeah, that's wild. You know, I was like, I, I, I'm sorry, but I have to, I really have to go. Like, I can't do this. It's, but then, you know, a couple of months later, it was much, I mean, she was so young. She was like 25 back then. Um, yeah. And she got, she was all fine after that. It was, it went away and. She got all healthy, so yeah, I'm happy for that. But I think I would it would be harder, you know, if I would just stayed there and kept working, and if it would get worse. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I I stayed home for a little bit, and then a friend of mine uh, had a couple of restaurants in a town, maybe two three hours away, which was much closer. And I got like a good good position there where I can you know work more weekdays and I can go home on the weekends and you know really hang out with my family. Yeah. Uh, so that worked well, uh, but I just I was there for like a very short while, and then Franzen called uh, <laughs> and asked if I could get a job. Uh, wanted to get a job there. I was like, oh yeah, why not? So I was like, okay, I guess I'm moving to Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed there for like four or five years. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that wasn't your plan to stay there for long. No, uh, no, I mean, obviously, I wanted to stay, you know, as long as possible yeah. in the restaurant. I don't want to be. I don't like when people just get in and out, you know. It's, yeah, for sure. It's, it's not you, good. I think you need at least two years. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. To learn the to whole restaurant. To really get the whole restaurant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It doesn't look good for anyone. Like, if I'm going to hire a chef six that's months. been on six months on ten restaurants, no. Then I'd rather take someone that's been five years on one. In or one. Two. Yeah. Exactly. Much exactly. better. Sometimes I beat myself up because I'm like, man, I've only worked at four restaurants my whole life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's like, how much time did you spend there? Yeah, Like, exactly. over five years, you yeah. know, at most of them. So, it's yeah. like... I mean, just like, what, what do you learn? And uh, even if it's the world's best restaurant, what do you learn in two weeks? Yeah, you you see herbs and yeah. small stuff. You know, there's you so never see the more. whole picture. Yeah, the there's so much picture, more. Yeah. The artisans uh, get to meet people. Yeah. Like It takes a long time to master something. Oh, for sure. And So, yeah, I ended up there staying a long time. And it was awesome people there. And we were the same team. We were five, like, core, core team for all those years uh, like best friends uh, which was great we did everyone did everything for other people uh, for other persons so it was it was always awesome to go into work and we hanged out when we were off it was us five like that's it and we just made it work in that little shoebox uh, and then yeah, and we shut down for <coughs> was, sorry no don't worry what are you smoking man <laughs> <laughs> he did not his mother that's okay. Yeah. You threw me under the bus in front of his mom, <coughs> knowing that she doesn't like weed. Who? This one. Yeah. Your mom doesn't like when weed. When she came to visit, I was trying to. Extremely illegal in Sweden. 
like death penalty illegal? No, 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 not that. But it's it's present because in Singapore they became yeah, yeah, they, for that shit. They execute people every History second. Execution. I think every Monday, every second. Week. Yeah, yeah. For every the, Monday, is that what you said? What? Yeah, the, f- the first day of the week, every second week, I think it is. For what? Yeah, in Singapore or in Sweden? Singapore. They execute people. They execute people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm serious. Monthly basis. Yeah, <laughs> monthly basis. Yeah, <laughs> let's get let's yeah. get this right. While you're paying for Netflix, people getting murked out in Singapore. <laughs> Damn, I did not know that. That's that's wild. Yeah, they're apparently very strict about it. And I have people living there, and they they say that you know, I mean, the crime rate is pretty low, but they're still talking about you know some riot back yeah. in I don't know '95 or something. That that was the big thing. Uh, apparently, I don't know. Uh, that's that's just what I heard. <laughs> this dog is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, she wanna get she wanna get your beard she's or the such hair. Such a mob. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's awesome. Bella. <laughs> Bella. Um. <laughs> so tell me about uh about um, Bjorn. Oh, Bjorn is he's a great friend. He's he was a, you know he's a little bit hard to, I think, get to know. But I mean, after a while, and when you showed him that you have what it that takes. you you know you have what it takes, and you respect him and. I mean, I guess it's like everyone, you know, some people it just get, takes longer time to become friends with them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, after, you know, a year or two, then, you know, everyone was really close and you can really chat as friends, but still, you know, work is work and you have to respect that. And yeah, for sure. I think everything with, with France and it's, it's great. I've uh, met so many good th- people there and learned so much. Yeah. And what were the stations like there? Uh, I mean, since it was a, such a small restaurant, so we had like... Uh, one one on stove or hot section, and like two or three on the pass. Like one was expediting, and two were just like you know kind of plating. Oh, I think it was three actually. One pastry, and one canapé section, and one was on the pass with the expediter and, and plating you know hot food. Uh, and then we had like small amount of stashiers <clears throat> that was working both you know prep and uh, and service. So it was in general a very small team. You know the. The restaurant was the size of this room, basically. Like, oh, wow. That was it. You know, plus a uh, prep kitchen that was half the size. Yeah. So this was it. It was, I don't know how many square feet, but it was like 90 square meters. Whoa. Um, so those, are the, those are the best kitchens. Oh, yeah. It was great. You had a tight. You learn how to work organized because yeah. you have to. I had this section. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my salamander mm-hmm. up in my face, basically. Mm-hmm. You had uh, four, uh, four like burners. Like two, you had like just for like plating and you know organizing stuff on your section, and then you had like two that you actually one that you were frying on, one like more like keeping warm stuff. Yeah, and you know exactly what's going on. You know when you when you hear, it's just like you just hear the tickets. You you know what's going on. Okay, this guy is getting this now. Okay, let's fire the fish or let's you know. That's it's cool. it's awesome when you have everything within. Arms, you know, arms, arms like, yeah. You could literally so good, yeah. Somebody's plating, you could just turn their fish for them. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> just, and you have yeah, your, you, know, you have it. your drawer with your miso plate. It's great. Yeah, that was I a mean. really, really good time. And so as, <clears throat> so comparative to that kitchen, Noma's was much larger. Oh yeah, much, much larger. So, and it was like a, more, pro, more production. I would say more. I mean, at France, it was as much a la minute we could do basically. Yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of stuff prepared, and in that little shoebox of restaurant. I think I remember the uh, the extraction system was so bad. So, <laughs> you know, frying let's say one scallop, then smoke in the whole kitchen. Oh, yeah, okay. it was so okay. bad. It was one of those, all right. Yeah, so we had to. We were very limited of, but we made made it work. You know, like going out on the street and barbecuing and yeah. you know in the middle of town. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. 
and then sure. neighbors complaining about noise and smoke and whatever but it was just like let's do it <laughs> who cares it's like yeah uh, <laughs> but then after a while it was just like ah, we can't take this place any further let's just and they got an offer i think on a new spot more downtown which was you know 10 times the size you know with four floors and yeah r&d kitchen big prep kitchen bigger restaurant lounge everything so that was that was great it was supposed to be a i think a six month break but they ended up being like a year and a half i think and they asked us like do you want to stay it's like yeah of course i want to stay so everyone stayed everyone said like if you stay i'm gonna stay so everyone stayed but during that time when we closed everyone went out on different kind of journeys through france and basically so like me and max uh uh, one of the chefs we went to macau in asia and Mm -hmm. did a pop-up there for a couple of months in a like a luxury hotel so we did like a 12-seat restaurant, you know, four days a week, mm-hmm. just cooking signature dishes from France. And that was very fun, actually. It was a cool, cool trip. Cool. Some people went to Hong Kong, opening one restaurant there. Some stayed in Stockholm. It was a little bit everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that was a great year. And that's also when I ended up at Kong Hans the first time in, in Copenhagen. Okay. I went for an internship there. So I, <clears throat> I've just seen them, and they looked, looked like their food looked awesome. Like classic and cool, tasty yeah. food. So I did intern there. This was just a couple of months before we were going to start work for France. And then they offered me a sous chef job. And I said yes, but I, I promised them to, I need to stay at least, you know, a couple of months mm-hmm. at France and to open it up at least. Uh, so I stayed a, the year out there, the six months. And then I left, yeah, in December. Uh, I think 2017 or 18. Mm-hmm. Uh to move to Denmark, uh, yeah, I end up in in your kitchen, uh, uh, yeah, uh, at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So you and then you told me that was the first time you had worked yeah, at Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did an internship for two yeah. months, but uh, yeah, that was the first like actually with him. With him, and he is. It's pretty cool with him because most. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I think most other chefs they come with. I mean, the, many of the bigger chefs they are not really cooking too much. They bring yeah. like head chefs, sous chefs, you, yeah. yeah. Mark is actually, you know, he's like a line cook. Yeah, yeah he yeah. goes there and like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna butcher all this shit by myself or yeah. do the sauces or whatever. And that's pretty cool with him because he's, you he know, he's to be in it. yeah, he loves to be in it, yeah. and he's, I think, still to this day. No, he wanted to serve the tartare. He was, yeah, he yeah, was the yeah. one that was, that was <laughs> up there putting the gear through the grinding that to the grinder. <laughs> no, but I think still to this day, he's the still the one at the restaurant that makes all the sauces and stuff. You know, uh, he's really good at that. He's a, uh, he has so much knowledge in everything i think and i think you know in general i think he's he's deserving more kind of not like not fame but you know people yeah he deserves more recognition no for sure yeah he's a great great guy great chef yeah does he have any other restaurants or just that no just that one got you Uh, now during the pandemic they close or they just closed today as well again uh, for the second wave yeah they have to shut down all the restaurants again uh yeah it's crazy yeah well you we just went down we just went to that right? yeah like last week right yeah. Fuck. Well, up there in Napa, no. No. Oh, no. you guys are in yet. Front mandate? Uh, basically, they're leaving it up to the county level. Oh, okay. Oh. So we haven't we haven't closed. Oh, sure. uh, I talked to my mom in Connecticut, and she's like, "No, we're good. We're in phase three. Like, we're oh. moving on. We're almost done." Oh. I'm like, "Fuck yes." Crazy how different it is. Yeah, from state I to know. State, from country to country. But I mean, you got a lot of people in Connecticut. I mean, it's blue. Yeah. You know, everyone wears their mask. There's not really a lot of, you know, doubt. No. Yeah, Michael exactly. Bolton lives there. Yeah, Michael Bolton. Hmm. Shout oh, out man. to Michael Bolton. Yeah, 
I love it. Not, not, not the character from Office Space. <laughs> oh Singer, oh also known as Michael Bolton. <laughs> He's like, that fucking guy took my damn name. Oh, I love that movie so much. Uh, how long did you stay at, uh, at Lungar's place? Oh, that was like a, a little bit more than a year, I think. Uh-huh. Then I met this, uh, my That's wife. That's when you met me and you were like, yeah. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. No, it was, we, we, we were, I think when we met first, no, I think we started talking in February. That was yeah, like yeah. two, two months after the 12 days yeah. in December there. And then we talked for like six months and then she came over and then we moved like, you know, in Jan- November. Oh yeah. So yeah, not even, a, it was, yeah, it was like a year. Exactly, almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the reason. Yeah, it was I mean, obviously a lot for her. But then also, just when we started talking, and I just started working at Conghands, me and Marcus uh, from France and the head chef, uh, we were started talking about uh, maybe do something in America because he's he lived in New York before and ran Aquavit in New York, the two star. Yeah. And then. Um, he has his daughter here, and she moved to LA then with his with her mom. Mm-hmm. And Marcus was like, "I want probably want to move to LA." And I was, then I told him about her uh, about Mia, and that, okay, but let's let's do it because I also have a good reason for that. And let's open something in LA. And yeah, we've been just working back and forth with different projects, and you know we had investors, but then they pull out, and then. We had investors again, and then pandemic started, and we almost bought a location, and you know it's just been up and down mm-hmm. here and there. But now we feel like next year it's gonna be, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. at least you know start the project and hopefully opening, you know, late next year yeah. if the you know the pandemic and everything is subsided by then. Yeah, we we'll see. But the, yeah, that's that's the big plan now, and that's what we talked about now for like three years yeah it'll probably go till next summer yeah hopefully for sure. yeah it's just you know kind of sucks when you're focused on something and then when you're so close to kind of you know get the ball started the ball start rolling then some stuff hit the fan yeah you know? man it's yeah the rug's been pulled out from under us for yeah, like yeah, yeah. A long time. and you know i mean obviously i'm not the, the only one in this situation I yeah think. it's a whole world. i mean i think you should be you look at it as a way of like at least you don't have to have an open restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. You know, that yeah. you need to make money. You need to lay people off. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. when it gets rough, man. That's yeah, that's why like, I'm so happy we, we didn't get that yeah. spot that we were looking at. Exactly. Know, imagine imagine buying that and then being like, oh, can't fill it with people. No. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's terrible. That would suck. Now, how long from getting investors to getting a spot to your open? About a year? About six months? Like, I mean, do you know what you're doing as soon as you you hit the ground? I think we, we have a good, uh, we have a very good idea and plan. We I would say we have all the you know numbers and stuff like that. It's basically kind of finished. I mean, obviously, it's going to be small changes mm-hmm. here and there. And it will also depend on location, mm-hmm. you know, like, how many you know people do we want to fit? How many people can we fit? Will there be still you know some kind of restrictions for the future? Will people still be worried about Corona, even if it's you know, or being close to other people, even if it's a vaccine? Or you know, I think it's a lot of it's going to change a lot how people are going to eat out and I mean in general travel and eat. I think it's going to change yeah. a little bit. Uh, so, but I mean, it all depends on where we're ending up. Yeah. Um, you gonna take that vaccine? I don't know. Maybe. What? 
She's like, you better take that goddamn vaccine. Yeah, she's bro. like reacting. Like she's to like, it, to everything. It's like, are you a fucking anti-vaxer now? Of course I am. Get no. <laughs> well, he's never he's never done drugs, so no. there you go. I will probably get the fucking vaccine. Well, you know what? Because I was looking at a uh, Lamb of God's Instagram. Oh, well, Lamb the, of God. Randy Blythe was like, he was like, somebody asked me the other day if I'm taking the uh, the vaccine. He's like. I've done heroin off a toilet seat. He's like, of course I will take the vaccine. I've eaten a lollipop off a frat house floor. See? I will take oh, the man. Va- I'm probably immune to corona, but I will <laughs> Shit. I love Lamb of God. Though. Yeah. yeah Lamb it? of God's amazing. What's the Dude. drummer? Chris Adler, right? Yeah. Oh. The, the, the way that they're like, they self-taught. They just learn how to play the drums. And then yeah. three years later, the guy's the best drummer in the it's world. insane, man. He's a monster. Yeah. A- um, Ashes of the Awake is my favorite album. Oof. Yeah. The song One Gun is like yeah. I love, amazing. Uh, what's the name? Omerta. Omerta's oh, good. Yeah, so I love Omerta. Redneck. Yeah, Redneck's good. Is that off Sacrament? Yeah. 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 I like More Time to Kill. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and the Foot to the... What's it called? Foot, foot to, to the Throat. throat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. A, yeah, I always listen to Lamb of God when I'm working out. Oh, man. It's so fast. It's so aggressive. It's really, really good. Yeah. It's insane. It's like a good uh, midway point for me. I love Cannibal Corpse. Oh, yeah, Hammer Smash Face. But yeah, so but before before you get there, Lamb of God. That's yeah, where yeah. I stop first. Oh, you know, Hammer Smash. Yeah, oh, Cannibal Corpse. Was and then, was this, uh, Joe Corpse Grinder, right? Yeah, George Corpse oh, Grinder Fisher, baby. He, yeah, he's he's badass. Uh, yeah. But you know when you hear him in an interview, like with a baby voice on. Yeah, it's crazy. It's <laughs> But they, oh, their lyrics. I love the concerts, man. I've gone to a lot brutal. of their concerts. Brutal. Yeah. I saw them for. Uh, I never seen them live, but the first time I kind of started listening to them a little bit was uh, from the Ace Ventura. Yeah, <laughs> dude. He. It's funny because that was his favorite band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And when I when I watched the movie when I was a kid, I never really noticed, but I I know I know I like the music. Yeah. But I didn't know. No. You know, I wasn't like, oh, I didn't put two and two together. And then but that I, was the hammer smashed face. Yeah. yeah. I remember when when I was like. I looked it up on YouTube and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I went and bought the album. Yeah, that was it. After that, man, I was like, "I'm a Cannibal Corpse yeah. fan for life." They're very, very yeah. it's a special band for sure. So, um, uh, can you tell me about your concept a little bit? Uh, I mean, I haven't really, you know. Do you know if it's going to be tasting menu or I'll probably no tasting menu? Yeah, uh, I think that is. I mean, for me, I'm not really a huge fan of tasting menus. Yeah. I think that's in general just me. Like, I don't really like to be still for a long amount of time. Or sit down and... But still, I don't know if I want to be doing a la carte either because I have a hard time choosing. Um, but I think tasting menu is... Especially in LA, people don't really want tasting menus. Yeah. It's moving away from that. I think more... Kind of a mix in between there of like a small, like smaller dishes here and there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some mix between a la carte and, and uh, smaller tasting menu, I would say. Uh, we, we've we been talking about uh, <clears throat> kind of working th- towards the mem- membership uh, kind of restaurant or yeah, cl- yeah, club, yeah. club restaurant. Uh, not like club music, <laughs> but you know. You, <laughs> like you, now, man. We were just talking about metal, bro. Yeah. We didn't lose all credibility. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, more like a very ingredient or produce-driven restaurant, uh, where, yeah, don't follow too much rules. You know, like if we want to cook a awesome pasta, for example, yeah, let's do that. That's what I like about uh, Rustic Canyon. Yeah, yeah. 
They don't give a fuck. No. It's like, I want to make this, they make it, and they yeah. fucking do it amazingly. Yeah, just I was make- looking at their menu today, too. I love the way they write the menu. Yeah. You know? They're really good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Man, the whole thing. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm going to come see you tomorrow. <laughs> Rustic Canyon. Rustic Canyon, man. <laughs> now, I think in general, like, just trying to put, or, you know, put the best thing out there, you know, on the plate, and yeah. the way we want to cook it, and if we want to mix Italian with French or Japanese, like, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, we got to do it our way and trying to, you know, build a great space for or a very good work. I mean, create a good job for people like people should be happy there. And, yeah. You know, nowadays when the new it's not like I'm super old, but, you know, the newer generation of chefs or like you don't want to work those amount of hours that we both have done or you yeah, know, yeah. for yeah. no payment at all. Exactly. Uh, People want it's to have, a different world. It's totally different. Because and, you, there's, and, and we have to help look at it that way. Yeah. Because there's a lot of us yeah. that have done that that are like, no, that's the way it is. Yeah. That's the way it needs to be. And you know? I don't, I, for me, I love to work, you know, 16, eight, I mean, that's because there is stuff to do and I like to do it. Yeah. But yeah, that's me and there's a few amount of people that like that. But you have to see that the new generation don't want that. There is so many other options out there to for do. Sure. And I mean, it kind of comes down to, okay, I can earn this amount of money working 40 hours rather than earning this small amount and working 80 hours. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, that's how it is. So I think creating a workspace for people that, you know, they can be very proud of and, you know, can be, they can commit to it for a long time rather than just in and out, in and out, in and out and new chefs all the time and new staff all the time. Yeah. It's not gonna, you're not gonna build anything great with people that just coming in and out whenever they want, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, I think a big focus will be for sure on creating a kind of sustainable working place. Uh, good leadership. People can be, yeah, good leadership. I'm not at all into, you know, the shouting and screaming and neither is Marcus. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're doing something wrong, you should be able to be told off. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Move on from that. Not, not, no harassment, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You've I seen. No hitting. No, 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 of course not. No, <laughs> no, bur- no burning. Oh, fuck that. Holding the spoon to the no. range to burn you. All, I think we've all seen that, but <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's, we've uh, been abused, yeah. man. <laughs> all right? I mean, yeah, I told... It's all good. Yeah, it's, you, heard, you heard the nightmare stories everywhere. It's almost like, you know what? At the end of the day, though, like, if I really thought that it was terrible, I would have stopped it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it might have been stressful in that two minutes, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, yeah. whatever. Man. I kind of, you know... I know many people think that oh that's a pretty cool culture you know back in the days so it was so tough and here and there but yeah I I can agree in some way it's I love that mentality and the energy from that mostly the energy yeah and that's what I can kind of be yeah a little bit sad about right now because I know it's changing and it's yeah. of course changing for the good but I I will probably miss that a lot that energy or the mentality when. Mm. You know, in a couple of years when, when we totally fine. changed yeah. or totally switched this to a 35-hour week, yeah. you know, it, then I will probably say it was better before. But uh, I feel like um, at some point, though, like we can't go to that. No. You know, like the work is never done, right? So no. if you're the chef, you do the work. Yeah. And you're done when it's finished. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and there's if, always if, more stuff to yeah, do. Yeah. And if that's 40 hours, that's 80 hours. Yeah. Unfortunately, like that doesn't matter. No, you, you know? do what it takes to. Yeah. Yeah. And something that, that Chef uh, Costa always told me was like, the guests don't care. Yeah. You know, exactly. the guests don't give a shit. 
whether you're late to work, mm-hmm. whether you you didn't order the chicken, yeah. all the guest knows is that they came to this restaurant with an expectation and they paid the money to get that. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, That's it's your, your, your job. duty yeah. to give them that. Totally. You know? I agree. And, you know, that is obviously up to, you know, management and stuff like that. If, if you need to, or, I mean, it's, yeah, it's up to, to the, to the, to the head chef or to the, the managers, like, to kind of fix that. Like, yeah, if we need you to work eight hours, that's how it, then we failed, you know. Mm-hmm. But if we can make it happen in, you know, working more shifts or, you know, and you're working 45 hours or 50 hours, yeah, that's, of course, better. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, yeah, it comes down to, I think, planning and structure. And obviously, you know, economy, it's not, not cheap at all to run a restaurant. And, yeah. And labor is... Very, very... Labor's the one that yeah. kills you, man. Kills you totally. That's like... Um, to afford a good living. Yeah. You know. And I think that's... I mean, in restaurant industry, that's probably the most common industry where very talented, very good people at uh, age or when they're getting older, they switching careers. I mean, you never see a CEO of a bank going to become a hairdresser, you know. Like you can see head chefs at very good restaurants that, you know, are oh, recently got a baby and, oh, and now I'm going to start working at, a, uh, you know, selling groceries because it's higher pay paid and, mm-hmm. you know, you're working nine to five. So it's, uh, I think the whole industry, you know, it's kind of work on that and change in some way. Not, don't know the solution to it, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's a tough one for sure. I think from, you know, from the ground up, it needs a change. Because I was thinking about, you know, my time at culinary school. Yeah. And really, you know, I don't know how, how it is in where, where you went to culinary school, but in America, it's very, like, uh, corporate, mm. right? They want you to be a hospital chef. Yeah. <sighs> they want you to be a prison chef. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't want you to, to be a, a, um, a fine dining chef. No. They're not training you for that. So... You know, I think we need to go back and there needs to be schools where it's like, you want to be the best. Yeah, yeah. You know, and kind of have training camps that train kids to go to fine dining places. Yeah, exactly. But that's also the thing. I mean, yeah, in I, it was probably the same in Sweden. And I can understand because teachers, you know, they are pretty, I would say 99% of the case are older chefs that, you know, tired of the, you know, long hours. They probably have a family, you know. They're getting better paid working for the government in school and, you know, they're not super maybe creative stuff. They take their, you know, work experience and show to the kids and learn the basics. But I think, yeah, if you can make that that job sexy and attract more people, that would probably be super good. But yeah, uh, yeah, or yeah, find good leaders for, for young kids or for culinary students and uh, for me, what I can, if I look back at my school, I would just like, I want more and more time out in the restaurants. It was so much more reading and stuff like that rather than out, you know, cooking and yeah. staying at a, like in De- Denmark has a great system. I think they're out like two years, you know, in one or two restaurants. Yeah. And when I started at Kong Hans, for example, there were people there when I came in, it's like, oh, you're the sous chef, right? Like, no, I'm a student. Like, oh, you're great you're really good like you take responsibility like they're re- they're like chefs there yeah because they've been there so long time and they know the restaurant like we talked about before you don't learn anything in two weeks <laughs> after a year yeah maybe you can kind of manage it but after two years you 
you know everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's why I think so many good chefs come from Denmark. Yeah, like a lot of people I know there, they're really good because they were they have a lot of old classic restaurants in Denmark. Yeah, that take care of students for a long time and doing a really good job of that. You guys have a demeanor about you when you cook. I've noticed. Me? Like like a no, no. people from Denmark like when they come in to cook you guys are very serious. Oh, it's very I'm... like a like your your demeanor the way you carry yourself uh, is very serious and like business. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Where I come from a school of like let's let's fucking let's be as crazy as we can be. You know what I mean? <laughs> Focus on the food and make it nice, you know, and and uh, no mistakes. Yeah. But let I want like all of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. give me your. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I remember when when you came in for 12 days, um, I was like, I, I don't think he's happy about anything we're we're helping him out with. Like, <laughs> I think we're fucking all this up. You know, I told Jacqueline, I was like, I don't know if we're doing a good job. Jacqueline here. was a pastry chef, right? Uh, at the time, yeah, yeah, she was a sous chef over there. Yeah, yeah. She took over CDC. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah she was yeah. great. Killing that was really, I was happy when I read that when she took over. Because yeah. I remember she was... Uh, she's actually helping me at the charter program. Oh, she did, yeah. She's great. She's super, super nice. Um, no, I, I, I can understand. And I, I, when you're talking about that, I can see, you know, Espen, for example, like he's very much in, like he's very, fo- when he's doing something, he's very focused. The whole, his whole body is focusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like moving and he's wearing his fucking fast Nikes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Bouncing around the kitchen. It's a swag, man. Yeah. It's like a dance, yeah, you yeah. know? He's, yeah. It's like a superstar kinda, yeah. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's fun. <laughs> well, oh, man, shit. thank you very much for, thank you so much. for having me, man. It was really fun. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Do like that. Do thank one you. one of those right yeah, there. Fist yeah. bumps. So uh, awesome. that was Robert Sandberg, Mia Khalifa, uh, joint podcast, first joint podcast. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, is this the first it. one? Well, the first one with two people oh, at the same shit. time. That's I awesome. butted into yours. The first, yep. the first, you know. <laughs>